Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The DNLS. Powered by VCO. On RS1. Good morning, everybody. And a very, very warm welcome along to round five of the Nürburgring Langstrecken Series, powered by VCO, the virtual competition organisation. It's the Mahler three-hour race. I, should be, I suppose we should say the Mahler drei Stunden, uh, shouldn't we? Uh, and it's John Heindorf and Bruce Jones. Good morning, Bruce. Another a beautiful day in virtual Nürburgring Nordschleifer world. And ready for uh, another three hours of excitement. Well, they've all been action-packed so far, mm. but the best thing about it is there isn't a pattern, a really strong pattern we can pick out. I was just looking through the results, the first four rounds of the digital NLS, and every single one is different. Yes, we have a pairing that's leading the way in Alex Arana, Agustin Canapino, and the BMWs are also very strong, but the mix, it keeps changing, which is uh, keeping everyone on their toes the entry list is full again with 50 cars, um, approximately 10 cars each in the classes. The cars that start with the number four uh, are the SP3T, which are effectively TCR cars, of course. Uh, they are all the Audi TCRs, the RS3 LMS TCRs. The cars that start with three are... Slightly confusingly for this bear of small brain, the GT4 Porsche Caymans. Although, of course, we will be able to add in the not-too-distant future the BMW M4, which was re- is about to be released next week for iRacing. Uh, cars with the numbers that start two are the Porsche 911 Cup Class. Uh, Cup 2, as they would be in uh, Nürburgring uh, parlance. Uh, and, of course, anything else uh, that starts with either a one or is a single or just two numbers, that is SP9, GT3, if you will. And that category, which should be at the front of the field, Bruce, once again packed full of absolute superstars from the real and from the virtual r- racing world. Absolutely so, John. And the thing that really strikes me is... Um just how some of these drivers are almost omnipresent. It doesn't matter yes. which branch of virtual racing you look at. We've had a lot of excitement coming up about the virtual Le Mans 24 hours, and quite a few runners from here are, are playing in that as well. Not just people like pro racers like Aston Martin's uh, Richard Westbrook and Audi's uh, Dries Van Tour, but quite a lot of our sim racers are going out to play yeah. in that. And Alexander Voss and Lauren Heinrich, two names we've got to know very well in the digital LS, they're racing for no lesser team than Corvette Racing in the virtual 24 hours. So they can turn their hands to anything, these sim racers. Probably more importantly for the audience here, it is the week after that, which will be the uh, 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 the uh, Le Mans 24 in iRacing, powered by uh, VCO as well. And certainly looking forward to that. That'll have a great a mix of cars. Uh, it's a well-established uh, event. And... Whilst it might not have uh, the backing of the ACO, it uh, is on iRacing. So at least we know that the racing will be absolutely superb. I'm looking forward to that one immensely as well. Uh, The situation with 
uh, what's on the track at the moment is this is qualifying with 11 and a half minutes left for Cup 2, which is the 911 Cup Car class. Uh, and the two other categories have already qualified. And we are, uh, I have to say, I didn't quite see what happened with those because I was busy setting up here. However, the good news well, is I've got... I can tell you. Sim RCTCR, Diogo Pinto got pole position for their team ahead of Team Heusingveld. So that's, uh, what is it, 476 from 404. Uh, Michael Schertler uh, there. That was in the uh, TCR category. GT4 Carl Janssen for Core Sim Racing from Zorg Rensport, Christian Berg. We're getting used to some of these names now, aren't we, uh, Bruce, as these guys, as you say, keep popping up? Uh, they, they do. And it's like you move up to the, the Porsche Cup class and you, I always look out for Martin Asher in 227 and he seems to have topped the class today in qualifying and uh, it's just that level of consistency that really really pays but the fact that some of these drivers are not just consistent but they're also consistent at the front of the timesheets and certainly as you say course sim racing you don't look at the bottom of the time charts for any of their cars whether it's in in cup three or indeed in the tcr so yes you're quite right john so that was just the very end of the Porsche 911 Cup class and we have got GT3s out on the circuit and that's uh, good news for us to the unmistakable rumble of a, an AMG Adrenaline E-Motorsport David Griesner out early in the session in the 1-2-2 that uh, he shares with Robin Stoll just a pair of those up to four drivers allowed you have to submit your driver rotation early. So we should be seeing Richard Westbrook, as mentioned by uh, by Bruce a, a little moment ago, should be qualifying. That's not always happening. David Pittard should be qualifying. Valkenhorst. Uh, Mikkel Jensen for Valkenhorst's 35 car. Phil Ellis for the Manfilter Team HTP Winwood. Nice to see the Manfilter name added to Team HTP Winwood uh, as well. John Edwards for Roa Racing Esports. Mirko Bortolotti, winner last weekend uh, for Team WRT, uh, along with his teammates in the 12 Hours of Monza, one of the Hancock 24-hour series, and the first time we've had some of the real teams in their series and that went very well indeed Monza in the dark who knew thoroughly enjoyed that who else is qualifying Philip Eng for BS competition had a bit of a nightmare in the IMSA event uh, yesterday driving for the ZF sponsored BMW team he's got Alexander Voss and Lauren Heinrich those two as Bruce again pointed out absolute superstars good morning if you're just joining us rs1 for audio on a beautiful day uh, around the uk and northern europe so if you are moving about you can take the audio with you if you've got sound and vision we've got a link uh, on the page as well as to live timing and scoring again thanks to james muscat for organizing that for us uh, early pace being set by the P1 
put by the Audi of Merkel Bortolotti, but we haven't had a lap time yet. And just a reminder that uh, it is effectively just a one or if you're very lucky, you might get two laps in, but it's almost, Bruce, out and onto your flying lap. And, and that's about it. The pressure's always on here. Can't afford to have too many off tracks that will negate the lap. Well, frankly, I suppose one could look at it and say, if you get a stuff up your lap, do it early on, because you know there's no chance of another lap rather than doing it at the penultimate corner or or the equivalent. But uh, these drivers started to know the Nordschleife. How well can anyone really know the Nordschleife? Yeah, that's, that's the question. Point. Can you do 100% or is about a 96% lap as good as you're likely to get around here? You're bound to make a little slip up here or there. The Nürburgring Nordschleife, stuff of legend. A few years ago, talking to people in the States who only knew it from console gaming they were absolutely stunned when I told them it was a real circuit they were convinced it was the fiendish creation of some programmer because obviously nobody would build a circuit like that well all the way back in September 1925 when ground was broken and it opens over the weekend of the 18th and the 19th of June in 1927 so what a year and a half Later, coming round to the anniversary of the first race, which actually, believe it or not, was, if I remember rightly, a motorcycle race around here. More than 3,000 workers involved in putting this together. A huge national infrastructure project. 33 left-handed corners, 40 to the right, officially. And really has, certainly over the last two and a half, three decades, cemented its place in the psyche of motorsport and motoring enthusiasts globally. Bit of a German secret in its early years, although international racing was rife there. But of course, once Formula One went away, it sort of dropped off the radar internationally a little bit, Bruce, and it became this little German jewel, didn't it? Well, it did. I mean, there were still the big sports car races True. there, the 1,000 kilometres of the Nürburgring. But uh, I know what you mean, but the thing about it was that junior categories still went to play there. So lots Good of point. Formula 3 drivers got to know it. Of course, Hockenheim cornered the market after 1977. But uh, the fact is, the circuit has always had the old-timer, incredible weekend, more classic and historic racing cars you can shake a stick at. And all the national championships went to play. But, of course, they were playing largely on the Grand Prix circuit that opened in the mid-80s. But uh, the fact of the matter is this circuit still exists. It's more than you could possibly dream of. And you were talking <laughs> about people in the States thinking this was a you know, a madman's plaything, not realising it was the real thing. I wonder how many of those not only have, have obviously raced on it, uh, but have in, in the virtual world have come across to try it in the flesh. This yes. is one of the beauties. This is the circuit you can look at, you can ogle, but by golly, you could turn up and drive the thing. It's phenomenal, because you think most circuits, they're close off to the public apart from the races. So it's just even better than you could possibly imagine. Yeah, it's a good point, Bruce, with the tourist fire and the tourist driving. Uh, available, you pay up, you pay your 30 euros or whatever it is now. It's much more expensive than, than even when I first went there, which is only 2006. Well, I said only 2006, of course, that's 16 years ago now, isn't it? It just seems like yesterday. Uh, at RSL underscore studio for the Twitter today. Uh, thanks for all of the, you who have already uh, joined in. The Marla Racing Team, Augustin Canapino, the 
Argentinian superstar in both real and virtual driving. Had a fabulous result. The best result for Ferrari ever in the IMSA iRacing E-Series last night at, excuse me, Thursday night at VIR is where we were. Uh, Augustin with the colours of Juncos Racing for whom he raced a Cadillac prototype DPI in IMSA last season and with some effect as well Augustin also a multiple touring car champion in the real world and no mean sim racer he's picked it up quickly did it in his youth went into the real world has come back and has had really to be honest Bruce a wonderful DNLS uh, season he's done his bit and the team that he, the team spirit that he has built with a driver that he's never met in Alex Arenas from Bilbao has been extraordinary and they have certainly been the team to watch well they're topping the championship and John this is their record second third first from pole and third that's not bad across four rounds that consistency but I remember Alex Arana had more experience of sim racing and he described (laughs) he described Agustin as a monster, a someone monster. who simply, you tell him what to do, and he goes and does it. And that certainly was the impression. I remember speaking to Junkos Racing at the Daytona 24 in 2019, and they just couldn't believe how applied he was to the ta- task. That was in the metal, in the flesh, if you will. But the way he's adapted to sim racing, lots of drivers have, but he seems to just be told what to do, and goes and does it. But he's not making mistakes, and that's the key. Whether he'll make a mistake in qualifying, that's another key. At the moment, it's the Marla Racing Team, fastest of all, by nearly a second. So clearly uh, going very well in that as well. So coming down to the last minute or so, lap that you're on, you'll be able to complete. Marla Racing, Audi from Williams Esports, Sammy Matty Trogan, another superstar from the real world. Uh, Rally Cross driver, also had a win uh, this season in the DNLS and the Williams Esports team just eight tenths of a second eight tenths of a second in 77 corners uh, of the Nordschleifer never mind the bit of the uh, Grand Prix circuit that we use as well it's just extraordinary course at the top of the times Sammy Mackey Scandinavian driver should have had his first in the metal run in a GT3 car as well by now but of course circumstances have prevailed and stopped that happening. Trogan on a early part of his lap, just at the moment heading down into the foxhole. Still the shadow's quite long, uh, despite the fact that, what time is it in Germany? Quarter to one, actually. So, looking great again. We... The first round of the DNLS did have a bit of fog in the early part of the season. We don't get rain in iRacing, but the sunshine, the cloud cover and potential fog hanging around is modelled on weather data appropriate for the time of the year that you programme it in. And so also it's 23 degrees air temperature and nearly 40 track temperature. Wow. So those round black things, they might need a bit of attention today, more so than in the past. That's very warm. Remember, in the GT3 category, you don't have any choice but to change all four tyres when you come in for a pit stop, unless you don't put fuel in. If you're just getting a fix, you don't have to. But otherwise, as soon as you put the fuel nozzle in, uh, you've got to do tyres as well. But we have seen a variety of strategies 
Bruce, in terms of where these pit stops will come, uh, you there are regulations, which we won't go into the detail of now, about who's got to drive, but you've got to have two driver changes, which has kind of mixed the strategies up a bit in the last couple of races. It does, and what I had forgotten until I was just quickly flicking through my results... Do you remember that Agustin Canapino was leading, or was he second, but he was taken out on the opening lap of, I think, the race they came through to third place in. So, but, but the fact was they fought back from right at the tail of the field. But they, therefore, because of that, because they had to have damage uh, corrected and, and fixed, they, they came in at the end of the opening lap. So that totally threw their entire procedure through the course of the race. But then last time out, we saw yet more different versions of... Uh, how the teams interpret the best run. But the thing about it, we also have full professional race engineers working for these teams too. They're waiting to get their, their racing season on the real circuits to, to happen. They're keeping their hands in. And in fact, if you go to the VCO website, great interview in that with an Audi engineer. And it's just, they're enthralled. The, it's uh, Stefan Gugger. So he's keeping his hand in. So the engineers are still learning, much as the drivers are still learning stuff, they'll reapply to, to racing in the flesh when it comes around so nobody's being idle and it's certainly raising the standard of sim racing too because the drivers who've erstwhile just raced on their sims at home are now getting full professional works race engineers helping them with their setup but also being helped by them as well it works both ways john it's bruce jones i'm john hindhoff coming to the end of qualifying and it looks like the qualifying maestro augustin canapino has put that mile racing Audi on pole position once again. He's already got the best time of a 7 minutes 50.686. And he's going to be pretty close on this as he comes through the... onto the uh, long Dottigeher straight with about... Yeah, just on, just on a minute to run to the end of the lap. And that's what I always gauge that on, Bruce. If you're out of the Gallows Hill, double apex, triple apex, really right-hander onto there with about a minute to your target time, you're going to be close to it. Absolutely VMAX for the Audi. Just sitting just under 8,000 revs, sixth gear, 170 miles an hour through into the final chicane at Tiergarten and now on to the short run this is going to be quick he may even be quicker than his pole time 47, 48, 49, 50 oh just a little bit over by a tenth less than a tenth of a second but two extraordinary laps. Either of those laps from Augustin Canapino or Bruce Jones would have put him ahead of Sammy Matty Trogan. But here's Sammy now coming to finish his lap. And he's going to be close as well. I think he's just a little bit too far back on the splits to make this one. But two fabulous laps by Canapino. Nothing there surprises me, John. That is the point. In the, early, in the very first out round of the championship and slightly in the second he'd make a few slip-ups in qualifying come the race he's a real race animal but uh, Sammy Matty Trogan he won round two with Dominic Steib and I reckon he's got a few splits that are quicker yes he has as I look across the many many splits you get in 25 kilometers of a race circuit yes 25 kilometers and uh, 
at this point, there aren't many more mistakes you can make as you come into the final sweepers onto the start for the straight. But uh, it's going to be tight. Very tight indeed. Let's see what the time, the target time, 7 minutes 50.686. Can that be bettered by the Finn? I think it's going to be very close indeed. 49. Yes, a 49.8. Wow. Super, super last, what, three splits uh, on the run to the line. And the Williams Esports Audi with Sammy Matty Trogan has snatched away Paul position by the eight tenths that he was trailing Augustin Canapino. So that's a 1.6 second gain on his second flying lap for Sammy Matty. Impressive stuff. Now, third position, Philip Eng for BS Competition, another one of the super teams. They were the team that won the 24-hour race, of course. Manfilt, the team HTP, have the AMG in fourth position ahead of team BMW Bank and Bruno Spengler at the moment. But all of these laps are yet to be completed. And next to the line will be the number 35, Mikkel Jensen. Valkenhorst, he's 4.2 seconds away from that new pole position time as he comes onto the Grand Prix circuit for the run to the line by the TUV tower on the right-hand side. He's not going to be on pole, but does he improve? He gets a 52-6. Goes into third. Very impressive. Very impressive. So that was around about two and a half seconds that he trimmed off. BMW Bank still coming round as well. The dark rear car. Who's next through? Race Union. Race Union sitting in 16th position. Six and a half seconds off pole. Just a thought for you, John. This is quick. Majority of these drivers are finding nits between one and a half and two seconds on their outback. Maybe Canapino, who actually was a tenth of a second slow, was just absolutely spot on in his first. Yes. But, uh, you know, the fact is he's eight tenths of a second down on, in the Marla Racing Team Audi. It's Audi, Audi. It's this other Audi coming in third, uh, Florian Bodan. He goes in just outside the top ten into 12th. But uh, Improvement, maybe though. Canapino did make a slight mistake on his lap. But that, again, two and a half seconds he found on the... Uh, second flyer remember you can go around the infield loop and then start a first timed lap and that's what I think everybody's been doing to get these couple of laps in get some heat in the tyres see who's still out on the circuit at the moment as it stands Williams Esports from Marla Racing Team Audi Audi from Valkenhorst BMW from BS Competition BMW from Manfilter Team HTP from BMW, Team BMW Bank. Then from Schnitzel Arm Racing, the Schnitzel restaurant chain, Marcel Markovic, uh, is in seventh position. Eighth for David Griesner for Adrenaline Motorsports. One of the early cars out. Team Vodafone, Get Speed, AMG. Fabian Schiller in ninth in the top ten, made up by Max Hoffer for Phoenix Racing Esport. And they are only four and a half seconds away from the Paul Sitter. So, just waiting to see if there are any other laps to be completed around the circuit before we call time as into the pit lane, just dodging in the back way. The Audi of Race Union SP9, Florian Baudin. And hi to Connery this morning, who's back with us. Did 
wonderful work in the DL24. And on the pictures for us again today, part of the RaceBot team, .tv team, and uh, helping out here with the VCO-powered DNLS with our friends from Germany. So we're told now that that is the end of qualifying. So what I told you just a few moments ago is how they will line up. Eight tenths of a second between Williams Esports for Audi and the Marla Racing Team. It's an all Audi front row from two BMWs. Valken Horse number 35, BS Competition 189. Then the classic man filter coloured Team H. Now, will they be in the yellow man filter colours this week? Because Team HTP haven't necessarily been running the 48 car. Phil Ellis uh, will start that one. Bruno Spengler's alongside him for Team BMW Bank. Then Schnitzelarm Racing and Adrenaline on the next row, the, row, the fourth row. Fifth row, Vodafone Team Get Speed from Phoenix Racing. Team WRT2, Kenneth Gulbranson has Race Union, Florian Bourdain for company on row six. Row seven is Jesse Krohn in the 108 VRS Coanda Sim Sport Machine from Valkenhorst, the 34 car. David Pittard won't be happy with 14th position, five seconds off the lead, but there's a huge gaggle of cars between sort of four and a half and five and a half seconds, Bruce Jones, in the uh, middle of the top ten down to the middle teens. Yeah, exactly that. I was watching to see if anybody would pop out of that in those final few runs. But uh, apart from Agustin Canapino being incredibly even between his two laps and Sammy Matty Trogan tailing him and going ahead, everyone else was gaining a bit, but not in great leaps and starts. So that would be fantastic for the race. In fact, you have to go down to, yeah, Jesse Crone in 13th overall to be five seconds down. But it's still close. The next half a second covers the next five cars behind him, down to Richard Westbrook in 17th place. So it's going to be really, really tight. But can anyone do anything about those Audis that are first and second for Williams Esports and the championship leaders, the Marla Racing Team. They are the creme de la creme on the Nordschleife. Porsche Cup pole position will be Asher Racing. Marcus Yirak did the time there and he was only 12 seconds off the overall pole. Had about three tenths on Sim RC Cup 2. So that's 227 from 226. Then a German Sim Racing with Keanu Buschmann. Uh, from Phil Shalowski for Black Falcon uh, in fourth position. Then WS Racing, Sim Racing Academy, Project GT H2 Performance, Huber Motorsport, BWT Mucker and Race Union. That's all 11 of the uh, 9-11 Cup class. The GT4 Club Sport, Caymans, the 718s, Carl Janssen, course Sim Racing on pole by just three-tenths of a second from... Zorg Rensport, Christian Bug, Patrick Hahn for Huber Racing, Ad Hoc Gaming by My Day next up, and they were all within a couple of seconds of each other. Team RSO in fifth, Sim Racing Channel Black in sixth, and in the Audi TCR class, Sim RC TCR with Paul there for Diogo C. Pinto. He, I would suspect, is the highest iRacing driver in here this weekend. If not, he'd be certainly one of them. Uh, Michael Schuttler for Team Heusingfeld, the 404, was half a second away. Dennis Needhart from DLT XE Esports. Then Core Sim Racing, um, that's the 403 version of that uh, team. And Oliver Ackerman makes up the top five for T3 Motorsport. So that is how they will line up. 
Uh, three hours of racing. Uh, did you notice any main... I had a quick flick through, Bruce, the, the driver briefing notes. Any major changes that uh, we need to be aware of today? Uh, no, they all seem to have really settled down. It was I was super impressed at the start of this championship about how unbelievably detailed and clear they were. We've seen a few little tweaks and fiddles basically between rounds one and two, two and three, but it, it seems rock solid at the moment. So whatever formula they've got, they've really um, got on top of it and got it to work very, very well indeed. So you do get, there is a, a, a number of incident points that will get you a uh, stop and hold penalty or a stop and go penalty. And uh, that in the past has been just changed slightly. But uh, I think we're still at the moment at, uh, we were down at 18 for the, uh, the 24 hour uh, race. And then every five, after that but these guys frankly bruce are so good that that seldom for the sharp end of the field at least that seldom comes into play starting grid then just to uh once again run through those uh we've got the audis at the front in porsche in the cup class it's uh, the asher racing car from CMRC and then going down through Cup 3, which is the Porsches, it's Core Sim Racing. And then behind those cars, it's the Audis uh, that will come up next. And uh, a dozen of the Porsche 718s with four motors by a concept, Robert Hager qualifying in 12th position. SP3T is the TCR, Sim Racing, the CMRC rather, TCR from Tim Heusingfeld, DOT. Core, T3, Sorg Rensport, Team Nürburgring with René Kirchhoff and Leipert, Leipert team, uh, Yellow. Some good, good drivers uh, in the TCR. So don't, if this is your first time watching, don't uh, neglect to watch those guys. Uh, we will have the split racing, the split starts, of course. So there will be effectively four starts not four of around about 50 of course only 50 in total uh, here so far easier for Bruce and I to keep our eyes on what's going on Saturday afternoon now in the Nürburgring Nordschleife the Eiffel region of the German of Germany a little bit of high cloud but a beautiful day early to mid 20s Celsius as the Porsche safety car pulls in, headlights flashing from the pole sitter. He's brought them very slowly. Then he goes now, and he's immediately pulled out a car's length. And from the outside of the front row, Canapino pulls in in the Marla car, trying to get a drift. And they go three wide into the first corner. That's an extraordinary look from the Tails Away shot. Brilliant stuff from Connery, our, di- our director today. As the whole field was spreading out into the braking area, tricky downhill braking area as well, but the pole man, Sammy Matty Trogan from Williams Esports, is getting away from Marla. Philip Ellis in the darker coloured car, so not the traditional bright yellow man filters car, but that is the HTP machine in third from Philip Eng in fourth for BS Competition. Then Mikkel Jensen out onto the Grand Prix circuit. Remember, we're using the... AMG Mercedes-Benz Arena, the Haug Hook, as it's affectionately called. We use the longer version here. Can't do that in the 24 hours because they've got the 
paddocks for the support classes and races there. So those cars now on the Nürburgring uh, Grand Prix circuit and we'll let them settle down as we wait for the Cup class to come through. This is the first of two Cup classes, both Porsche Cup classes and this the Carrera Cup or Super Cup cars which have really morphed into wonderful endurance racing cars as well both in the real world and in virtual so the pole sitter for that category pulling them round now he has to bring them round for Asher Racing Martin Asher and then the CIMRC Cup cars down towards the first corner get a little bit of connection issues here it's going to make things difficult for all the drivers as they're ghosting in and out it's the first time we've seen that in this championship particularly busy network this morning not sure why that should be but it looks as though Asher in the dark car with the stylized AR on the side for Asher Racing that's the easy way to pick that one out leads away in second place that's the Sim RC car with the similar logo on the side. Yes, it is with the yellow, though. 276 in second place. As they head down towards the hairpin on the short run down. Now the Caymans coming through. Already two and a half minutes since we got the green flag. And here comes the 12 car Cayman 718. GT4 Club Sport Field. And as they now come to their green light, controlled by their pole sitter, Carl Janssen for court. Very difficult for the drivers. They'll be seeing that drop out. Looks like there's a, an Audi in the pit lane as well. Yes, there is. There's a TCR car starting from the pit lane. So that car. Oh, and they turned around right at the beginning for the 718 club class and that's going to leave I think now who was that who got turned around I there? think it might have been Christian Bug from the second place yes. that really helps Carl Janssen it was behind him he was the pole man so he should have a very decent lead now because obviously everyone had to avoid okay. what was going on behind I think it was two, Christian Bug who rode two it. cars starting from the pit lane Elia Earhart in the car collection sim racing 33 Audi and the Yannick Danish number one for Zorg Rensport ETCR from the, the TCR class. So I've just picked those two up now showing in the pit lane. So whether they had problems in qualifying or whether they've had problems since. Not sure. But uh, they are shown in the pits at the moment. As through comes the TCRs. Diogo Cipinto for SimRC TCR from Schuttler. Team Heusingfeld. Pretty clean start as they head down to the first quarter. And these cars have given us, this class, Bruce, has given us tremendous entertainment with three, four, five, sometimes six and seven of them all line astern, almost as if they were hitched together. Yeah, and what we see when they take that massive long run down Dossinger Her back at the end of the lap, even if 
the last two in a group of, of six have, have fallen back slightly. They get, get the benefit of a tow of four cars and they catch them up again. So you're quite right. We had half a dozen cars, at least for the first hour, nose to tail. Absolutely brilliant in the TCR class. Well, gets paid performance. Fabian Schiller disconnect right when the race was about to start. He's had to throw over to his teammate who was standing by for the get speed machine. So well, that's Philip Noller. They've been well placed in the championship, so <clears throat> a bit of a hiccup for them. This is one thing that does happen in the real in the uh, that doesn't happen in the real world. That does happen here, but that's why Bruce. They all have a second driver. Normally, at the start of the race, you probably wouldn't have second man in the car, second driver in the car, suited, booted, and ready to go, um, because it's an hour away. Maybe after a couple of laps, you might get him in. But you know, at this point, you've always got to have somebody sitting on a rig just in case there's a a rig problem or indeed a disconnect problem and that's what exactly what happened for team Getspeed. well let's just hope that philip noller wasn't sitting there with a, a donut in one hand and a cup of coffee in the <laughs> other thinking let's enjoy the start imagine the scramble there but i tell you what i'll be watching the gaps at the front sammy matty trove just under a second clear agustin canapino keeps chipping away it's exactly a second clear now philip ellis the best of the bmws in third then philip Eng, who won't like being the second of the bmws in fourth place but it really is very tight indeed nose to tail in the gt3 class sammy matty trogan leading the way but uh, where's the next move going to come well i think we know at the end of that long straight back towards the pits so trogan then just nine tenths of a second uh, ahead of canapino and the driver's trying to settle into this first racing lap got full live timing and scoring for you on the page at radio-show.co.uk and you can get the strategy screen up as well a little graph towards the right top right hand uh, top corner there will give you the analysis and all kinds of extra information exactly as we see it here in the booth at rsl underscore studio if you'd uh, like to drop Bruce and I align onto the Donnie Hurthen for the first time. Some weaving around the red, white, and blue BMW sitting uh, down in that's the Valken horse 35, isn't it? So it was the Schnitzelam car behind that that he's trying to break the tour on the yellow Mercedes as they come down towards the famous Bilstein crossover bridge, which is that little kink just over the brow. So fast right into the entrance to the final serpentine run onto the start-finish line. And it will be Sammy Matty Trogan who goes through in the lead to, to complete the first lap. But the person who made the move there, John, was Philip Eng, who went past Philip Ellis. So the BMW is now up into third place for BS competition. The black Mercedes is down to fourth after that brilliant start from Philip Ellis. But the thing that struck me, it doesn't matter which round of the championship, Philip Eng normally gains one or two places into the opening corner. But if you recall, he was pushed really wide on the outside line, out over the white line at the outside and fell from third back to fifth. He's now trying to resurrect his hope. So up into third place he goes now. Agustin Canapino just a little bit in front of him. So as long as Philip Ellis can drop away from Philip Eng's tail, the BMW will start to catch that second place Audi. But all along, Sammy Matty Trogan, the front, 
eking his way clear. 1.14 seconds now. Not much in it at all, but he's still in the important place at the lead. Uh, and, and Bruce, barely four seconds away from his qualifying time with a slow run onto the start-finish line. That was a very good... Oh, he's got a clear circuit ahead of him as he does that, but even so. Martin Asher continues to lead uh, in the Porsche uh, number 227 for Asher Racing, the black car with the red accents and the AD script on the roof and the sides. Claudius Veed, second for Sim RC Cup 2, is a half a second or there about behind as he's now on the Dottinger Hurt, the uh, black and yellow car with similar livery with the A. Are on it the A, I said AD there because it, it uh, does remind me of uh, the old livery that RML used to run, the uh, uh, Mike's company. Just look, John, how close this is in the battle for Cup 2. And in the two classes behind, no more than 1.1 seconds between the first and second in each of those classes. But right now in, in the Cup 2 class, 0.4 of a second is the gap between Martin Asher and Claudius Veed. And don't forget, Claudius uh, dropped off his tail a little bit in the opening in the opening few corners, but right now on his tail, really, really tight at the end of opening, the opening lap. It's Bruce Jones, I'm John Heindhoff, and it's live competition from the Nürburgring Nordschleifer. Round five of the 2020 Nürburgring Langstrecken Series. NLS, the new name for V, what we used to call VLN, although it's still effectively uh, a VLN championship in the real world. And their, their first race just about a month away over that. VCO Virtual Competition Organisation pulling together some great resources and really bringing a new <laughs> level of accessibility and professionalism to what was already a very, very high level and competitive series. And basically drawing together several strands of the sim and the full metal world, as Bruce calls it, which I've stolen from you there, Bruce. And press releases, photo shoots, interviews, you name it. It's all here for this series now. And as... Uh, really I think provided a really important bridge from the virtual to the real world don't think that all these people have just popped up overnight by the way they've been racing in the virtual world for very many years and uh, people certainly like those at the front of the field for uh, Williams Esports they've been in this for a while Marla Racing Team that's another Williams Esports offshoot BS competition etc etc all of these professional sim racing outfits have been doing this for quite some time, as have their drivers. So they have incorporated some of the real-world drivers and manufacturers and sponsors is where it's really taken off in the last, what, three and a half months or thereabout. Martin Asher, who's been a real star in the Cup 2 category for Cup Porsche 911 Cup cars, not the easiest of cars to drive these in the real world or in sim racing, ask anybody. But the challenge gratefully accepted and manfully accepted by Martin Asher. Get the setup right, I'm told they are a very, very satisfying car, Bruce Jones, to drive quickly. 
Yes, we had we had a whole host of uh, drivers mentioning the fact. Someone, I think you actually in an interview, I can't think with who, said, "Why, why did you not enter the top class?" They yes, said, well, it was more fun for me to take the challenge of racing a, a Porsche 911. And we know in, in in real life that a lot of people still find a Porsche 911 a car that is on its own in terms of racing. It's tricky, but the challenge and the challenge in getting it right is something that a lot of pro full-time race drivers like to do. And I love your phrase just then. Um, the bridge, because mm. before we had the parallel universe of real-world racing, full metal, if you want to go to that phrase again, and um, and, and uh, sim racing, and we're having drivers crossing both ways. Pro drivers like Sammy Matty Trogan, who's leading the race by next to nothing now, really got Canapino. Oh, sorry, that's the second-place car. That's Canapino. He's got Eng all over him. But the fact that some are crossing one way and some the other, it's not closed shop at all. And I think we're going to need a couple of bridges shortly because it's going to be a lot of traffic going both ways. And certainly for a lot of metal racers, real-world racers, they now know they, there will be no such thing as a weekend off anymore. They won't have a gap between uh, any races. They can cross from one side to the other. You can go from real racing to sim racing and back again uh, according to their calendars. But I think uh, for a lot of people, they're going to become full-time racing uh, widows as their other half decides that they can race every weekend of the year and maybe some midweek events as well, John. Well, and you heard the uh, the issue of Charles Leclerc. His uh, significant other had to buy a month-long subscription to, uh, to Twitch to be able to send him a message to say, I'm standing at the door and I can't get in. Can you come? Can you stop what you're doing? Hmm. What do you mean it's a 24-hour race? Yes, exactly. So, second and third, closing back up together. Augustin Canapino then from Philip Eng. And sitting in behind them, the slightly darker-coloured car is Phil Ellis for the man for the team HTP Winwood. The American team has ensured the future of the long-running in, in as HTP and in very others other form of course of HTP in Altendienst is where they are based in Germany and, uh, down from Leipzig a beautiful part of the world down there and Christian Hornardel who's running that team in the real world Bryce and Russell Ward IMSA races of some repute down through the years seemed very long ago that they were club races and they've really taken to this and backed up their racing involvement with uh, getting involved in running teams and now HTP Winwood merges together on both sides of the Atlantic his battle for second huge amount of draft from Philip Eng there as he drafted up to Canapino but that Audi Bruce Jones is very quick indeed in a straight line and even with the draft that the Z4 was getting and Philip Eng by the way puts in a new fastest lap last time uh, around um, even with the draft the Beamer was getting couldn't even get alongside that white and green Audi in second place uh, that's precisely why he tried to do it once he got into the stadium section there. But all along, don't forget, it's a three-car draft because Philip Ellis tucking it behind in the Mercedes as well. But you're quite right, going on to Dottingahoa, the Audi just goes off like an arrow off a bow. But uh, the BMW is close enough to be in the mix. And we've seen also the Mercedes, that their performance comes in different areas around the track. But 
this to me sums up GT3 racing. At least three manufacturers are duking it out. The opening round actually had Ferraris finishing first and third. We haven't seen so much of that team since, but uh, it's great to have the manufacturer variety. But uh, I think the thing I've always found in, the, in these three-hour races is the fact that the Audi seems to be fleetest of foot when it comes to qualifying. But when you get to the race, the BMW comes on stronger and stronger. Mercedes not quite been at the sharp end, but uh, it must be said that Philip Ellis is doing a fantastic job for the Manfilter HCP team. And uh, I, love, I love the combination riding on board at the moment with Philip Ellis. Just as they complete the time on the Grand Prix circuit and right now, they cross the, that white line out into the country they go. This is where it gets harder to overtake. Easier to make a mistake, of course. Uh, you might be able to profit, but these drivers are making fewer and fewer as they head around the Nordschleife. First round of the championship, people did make mistakes, but right now we're getting guys who are nailing it, John. Absolutely nailing it. And yeah, and it's it's not just the speed, though, Bruce. Is it as you as you've pointed out many times? It is the absolute metronomic consistency and the precision on a circuit with simply so many corners and so easy. Is anybody who's been on this track in on whatever platform you use getting a clean lap in itself? Even if it's slow, you think to yourself, I haven't hit the barrier that time around. That, you know, I've done all right. And these guys, up to 24 hours. And we had people doing four hours at a stretch in the uh, virtual 24 hours. It was an extraordinary thing to see. Now, another factor, these opening laps, the only laps in the race when they haven't got uh, lapped cars to lap up ahead of them, the three junior classes will start to come into play. So it's not just about keeping the speed, keeping your position. It's about knowing when to make a pass and when to back off for a corner or two, hoping you won't be passed by a rival who's in tucked under your rear wing, but you've got to have an element of caution in this. You know, if you're super bold, you are going to come unstuck unless all your stars are in alignment. And right now, it must be said, Sammy Matty Trogan's having the easy drive, but even without him on, anyone right on his tail, he's nearly two seconds to good. We've seen him just in the last few seconds just cutting corners, kicking up the dirt. In second place, Agustin Canapino would love not to have pressure from behind. That's stopping him catching up with Sammy Matty Trogan. But these guys are right, right on the edge. Settling into a... Well, I say settling into the pace. They don't. They're just on the pace straight away. First, second and third in the Cup 2 category. Sim RC, Claudius Veed in that uh, Asher Racing livery, but racing for Sim RC. German Sim Racing in third position. Top three, what, barely 10 Porsche 911 lengths between them as they head onto the Hatson back for their third lap. And Martin Asher leading then from the 276 in second position third uh, in that run as I say Keanu Buschmann for the German sim racing team and these three at the moment uh, there is if you I'm looking at the splits as I'm sure you are Bruce and this it is fractions not of a second fractions of tenths of a second between these guys at the moment their race spot rear wing on that yellow and black car and they are, they are literally matching each other corner by corner and hundreds and thousands between them. Yes, yeah, so you, you, 
you get excited if you suddenly see one of these top four drivers has set the fastest sector time. But there are so many. Well, I've got 12 sector splits around my around the lap on my timing screen. But you're quite right. We're not talking tenths of a second. We're not even talking hundreds. It's largely thousands of a second is the difference between them. So much as Philip Ellis in sector number four, for sake of reference, set the fastest sector of anyone. It's less than, uh, it's about uh, four, four hundredths of a second quicker than anybody else. That's nothing, of course. He then loses at the next one. So he's still in fourth place, still setting quick ties, but we are trading, what, what are we talking, hundredths of a second between them right now. That's why oh. second, third and fourth as they go through the carousel are just absolutely nose to tail. This is allowing our leader, Sammy Matty Trogan, to build up what in the terms of the early part of this fifth round of the NLS, digital NLS, powered by VCO. It is the Marla Dreistunden, round five. And that's, I mean, in the context of this race, 1.8 seconds is actually comfortable for Sammy Matty Trogan at the moment. Uh, certainly not in a comfort zone at all. Canapino, Augustin Canapino with Philip Eng and Philip Ellis uh, sitting behind him. Those three are within, let's call it a second. Yeah, and just looking at that gap, just a whisker over a second, second, third and fourth, Canapino, Eng, Ellis. Then there's a five, nearly six second gap to Mikkel Jensen, but he's got two drivers within a second of him. He's got Marcel Marcevitz in sixth place in that yellow Schnitzel Arm racing Mercedes. Then Bruno Spengler, heard of him before? I certainly have. He's in seventh and he's doing his utmost, but mostly overtaking does not come out on the Nordschleife, where the cars can leave the ground from time to time over the rises. It comes when they use that incredible toe they can get up the Dossinger Hoa towards the end of the lap. And of course, as we saw last time around, that's what Philip Eng in third place plans to do. He plans to use the toe to catch and maybe pass uh, the driver in second place, Agustin Canapino. But Canapino, they're kicking up the dirt, trying everything to find another few hundreds just to make sure that toe isn't realised until, well, the latest possible moment up that long, long straight back to the end of the lap. If, if this is your first time watching virtual world racing just to underline the amount of work that goes in I was talking to a factory driver from the real world this week about the IMSA series at VIR and that is just I think three miles VIR and uh, they were telling me the minimum amount of practice for that event to get to the point where they would have felt comfortable about representing their brand. It would be three six-hour sessions on consecutive days and three full six-hour sessions at a time. Side-by-side for second into Teagart. There was a little touch there and there's a bigger touch after that and Canapino comes off the worst. There was a side-by-side entrance to the uphill left-hander Canapino pulls out of the danger zone and then waits very gentlemanly for cars to go by a limp that Audi and that's the series leader in the fence. Huge, huge repercussions for the championship. Let's have a look at the VCO replay of that. The BMW coming round the outside onto the grass just after... Bill Stein, and then a tiny little touch side to side, and as the BMW came back on, nails the right rear of Canapino's car. So Philip Eng there onto the grass, and 
just trying to hang on to it, not suggesting Bruce for a moment that that was deliberate by Eng. I think he was just struggling to keep the car going in a straight line and couldn't slow down enough. There was a bit of weaving going on, trying to break the tour as they came to the Bilstein Bridge. He swung out from underneath the back of the Audi. Yeah, there was a tiny little touch, the tiniest of touches that sent Eng onto the track, but it was the rejoin that had the the problem. It was the fact he was on the grass on a couple of points through the kink, and then the second, that's the, just having a replay, and that was, it was the second time. Yes, it was a bit of side-by-side. The BMW totally on the grass, rejoined the track, hit the rear corner of the Audi, which went to 360 down the barriers, and then lost with a crumpled rear wing and probably suspension damage too, you'd have to suggest, John. Rejoined, it had to wait for the traffic in about 10th place to limp back to the pits. But uh, Philip Eng in the wars, but he continues. 2.2 seconds down on the race leader, but we've got a whole host of cars in the pits. Yeah, and they'll, do, you know, they'll burn some time here to do some repairs. Although we have seen Canapino uh, and uh, his teammate Alex Arana do a short run at the start, and that was forced on them by uh, an accident as well, I seem to remember, going up the hill. Um, a bright shite, was it? Or at, at one of the corners uh, coming up the hill uh, on the far side of the track in two races ago, and they managed to make that work for them, if memory serves, Bruce. They did. They were, they were sort of forced into adapting, but it was down to the fact they you don't have to have all your damage repair done at any point. Uh, one single point, you can share it out between your pit stops, but uh, certainly they, they, that was probably a better drive than their, than their win. It has to be said, but uh, phenomenal. So let's see if we can have another fight back from Canapino and Arana, but right now, not where they want to be, sitting in the pits. Hello to Dave Alcock, who's tuned in today, one of our real-world fans as well. So many real-world fans using these online races for a bit of quote-unquote normality in these strange, strange times. And so many of you also saying, well, listen, I'm wandering about. I'm doing a bit of gardening at the moment, tweeting in at RSL underscore studio. I'm listening to you and Bruce talking about this. I can hear the cars in the background. Um, it's real, as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, I, do, I do this as a break from gardening, actually. <laughs> well, you've got quite a lot of gardening to do, Bruce, in fairness. Yes. Yes. My head in the noose. <laughs> Cup 2 class for Porsches. The 911 Cup cars... Still first, second and third. Almost like the opening rounds of a heavyweight boxing match here. They're sort of jabbing and dancing around a little bit, trying to find where the strengths and weaknesses of their competitors around them are. All the cars are the same, but set of course, is free. And you can make a big difference to how the car feels, particularly in the long run. That's the thing. You need to be consistent. There's a little more flexibility in terms of your tactics in the classes outside the GT3s. But really, it's all going to be down to how quick and consistent you're going to be. And they're going to get some traffic coming through at the moment. That looks like the car collection, one of the car collection Audis coming through. Possibly the car, the 33, I think it was, that started at the pit lane at the start of the race. So they'll be coming, th- the 20- yeah, indeed it is. Elia Earhart for car collection in the traditional, what I would call the traditional car collection colours of white and 
Sky Blue. They do John, run the car as well. Second. Hold your horse. I think that might be Alex Arana who's taken over the Marla Racing Team Audi. I'm just waiting to see. Oh. It could be the car that's had repairs and come back out. It's just in the background of the shot. These three still covered by a second and a half. White Audi with a oh, blue right. flash on the nose. If it says Marla, then that is the car is in 20th place that was in second place had the clatter into the barrier I think it's, it's just agonising no, too right. far for my you're right. eyes to pick him out yeah, you're absolutely spot on I had, I'd forgotten about the cars that had had the problems so Alex Arana then has taken over early in the race uh, for what was the second place car and we've seen them make this work though short stint by one driver then a double by Alex and then Augustin to finish the race off at the end. Meantime, other traffic concerns for Valkenhorst and Mikkel Jensen as they go past a, a, a TCR, one of the uh, red and white Audis sitting just off the pace at the moment. Schnitzelarm and Valkenhorst still battling. Now, the last time we saw a Valkenhorst and a Schnitzelarm car battling together, they were the other way around. We were looking for a very long time at the logo of Schnitzel Armour specialist Schnitzel restaurant group and we were looking at we the back that for a by the moment at oh, all oh god it was killing me it was absolutely oh, killing me um, just a bit of housekeeping you know you know how in motor racing and life you can one minute be doing well one minute not Mirko Bortolotti not so long ago celebrating Victory in the 12 hours at Monza. Now he's at the back of the pack. 60th overall, stuck in the pit. So that's one of the Team WRT Audis going nowhere fast, I'm afraid. Yeah, WRT, one of the powerhouses of GT3. Uh, racing Vincent Voss's team. Also their engineering arm builds all of the space frame chassis for the Fun Cup series. That brilliant classic VW Beetle shaped racing car with a non-turbocharged four-cylinder Audi engine sequential gearbox and I love the fact in that championship in the VW Fun Cup at some of the the bigger races uh, they have a separate class for those teams who take passengers for the whole race because you can't have two seats just extraordinarily brilliant. It'll never idea. catch on, it's John. Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, problem is that one of the teams has this guy called one N. Grist, who seems to do an awful lot of the passenger rides and call the corners for their uh, less experienced drivers at, at the Spa 24. In fact, they do a 25-hour race there, don't they? Right, had a change overall. We're looking at the battle for fourth and fifth. Schnitzel arm, Marshall Marshall, getting a fabulous toe on the Walken Horse BMW. But Mikkel Jensen may be able to prevail, but I tell you who hasn't been able to prevail is Philip Eng. He's now back to third place. Oh. So, Ellis, the second, oh, my good grief. That was a... Well, that's how to do it, guys. August we've seen how not to. Yes, we've, we've seen how not to. That's how you do do it at that point. Sweeping round to drivers right... The bright yellow Schnitzelam AMG uh, GT3 goes through into fourth position. Augustin Canapino and uh, Philip Eng, take note, please. That's how it's done. It's not Must be said, yet, that though. final sequence of corners, so tempting to stick your nose up the inside. But, of course, with the track kinking to the left, the bit in front of you is no longer tarmac, it's grass. And then it's anybody's guess what happens when you go there. 
so Philip Heng got it wrong. A couple of rounds ago, we had a, a clatter over second place, did we not, John, at that mm. final corner on the last lap. And that uh, didn't come out with both sets of drivers smiling. The track temperature easing up to 40 degrees Celsius. It's That's... been 42, John. I've been keeping an eye on really? it. It's now 41, but it's bobbing up and down. So we saw a little bit of cloud cover at the start of the race, and I think that's the deciding factor at the moment. I I, I think that's the hottest we've seen, Bruce. Oh, yes, totally. Uh, and that is going to have... That is certainly going to have a, an effect on tyre wear. And, I mean, it, you can't double stint. It's in the regs. But it does mean that you're going to have to manage your tyres. Eight laps we normally see from the cars at the front of the field. Some of the other classes get uh, 10 or 11. But eight laps at the front of the field. We have seen the odd nine, but it, it has been such an unusual occurrence that it has really stood out. Sammy Matty-Trogan, by the way, has, whilst all this has been going on behind him, has uh, sort of and again, this is all relative, but sort of checked out. 5.1 seconds, the gap between himself and the new second-place driver, uh, relatively new, Philip Eng. Then the next to the BMWs is... Uh, sorry, Philip Ellis in second. Philip Eng in third is five-tenths of a second behind. Then there's another nine seconds back to this battle, fourth and fifth. The AMG GT3, Mercedes-Benz and the BMW, the red, white and blue Total car of BS. Now, what I wonder at this point is, is there any noticeable damage for Philip Eng? He's lost that second place to Philip Ellis. The Mercedes managing to slipstream its way past. Just looking through the splits, you can't really draw any conclusions. No. But we've heard, John, time and time again from drivers after the race, during the race, if their car's had a clatter it might not damage but they can feel it and notably they say always up that up that long run back to the end of the lap they just find that uh, having bent body parts doesn't help making their car as aerodynamic as you can imagine who'd have thought eh Stephen Wilkinson RSL underscore studio he's tweeted to that enjoying the coverage while looking at a friend's iRacing telemetry data to see where he can improve a few tents and keep those tyres alive for a little bit longer I think that is going to be the story. In TCR, by the way, uh, it is still a cracking battle going on with Sim RCTCR by just half a second. Diogo C. Pinto from Michael Schertler, uh, Team Heisingfeld, and then another half a second further back, Core Racing, then another half a second further back, DOT. Now, those Audis, of course... On. Hold on, John, I can throw one more in. The next one is only a tenth of a second further back. Ollie Peacock in fifth place, so it's super, super tight. Five cars, nose and tail. And that is a class where they normally only change the front tyres on those cars. In the Porsches, course sim racing still leading by about a second and a half from Zorg Rensport. From Ad Hoc Gaming, by my days, another second and a half further back than Team RSO. Uh, have come up into fourth position. Uh, Manuel Weibel, but he's about five seconds further back. And in the Porsche Cup class for GT uh, for 911s, it's Asher from Veed, from Bushman, from Shalowski. Shalowski, uh, eight and a half seconds behind the three leaders who are as close as together 
as being together as they could possibly be. Heading up towards the carousel, there's the battle for the TCRs. And course sim racing Carl Janssen in that very distinctive yellow and tangerine at 718 Porsche Boxster actually sunny and blue sky with a little cloud over the Eiffel and a little windy this morning says our local in real life Mercurius good morning or good afternoon as it is to you Mercurius at RSL underscore studio Bruce Jones, we have completed half the, of the, in terms of the front of the field, half of the first stint. Some thoughts from you, please. Close in every class is the simple answer. That Sammy Matty Trogan had that little lead. He was only about 1.8 seconds clear. Then we had the, the, the clattering and the battering of Philip Eng and, and the unfortunate Agustin Canapino. That has allowed the Finn, Sammy Matty Trogan, to get five seconds clear. But what I love is the fact you go down the classes, gap between first and second in the Porsche Cup class, 0.3 of a second. Go back down to the Cayman class, gap between first and second, 1.1 seconds. And down to the junior class, it's 0.7 of a second. It's super close. It's exactly as it should be. But the big question now, is there any damage to Philip Eng in third place in the BS competition? Uh, BMW can't really tell as yet, but he might start to root his tyres a bit. It's hot, and if you've got any damage and it's uh, affected your camber by bashing into another car, that could really start to have an effect. But I think looking really, really good for the Williams Esports crew. I think they've been not given this on a plate. It's a three-hour race, don't forget. But uh, with their astonishingly strong lineup, with Dominic Steib waiting to take over, I have to say that uh, they've got the advantage, and it's bigger than it could have been. Bruce Jones and John Heinthoff. Sammy Matty Trogan then with no pressure at the moment other than trying to navigate his car round the Nordschleifer of course and the pressure of knowing that the eyes of his team are on it on him second place Manfilter team HTP so that's the AMG into Second, after that little kerfuffle that we had earlier on between the BMW of Philip Eng and Augustin Canapino, Augustin's teammate has now taken over that car. Uh, and that is... has now fought its way back up to where... Canapita in 21st place, Alex Arana at the wheel. That's as far as he's got so far. He's had oh, yeah. a second pit stop. He's in 21st in class, but he's taken another oh, pit yeah. stop. Yeah, yeah he's down in yeah, the sorry, 40s. Yeah. Dragged my screen across. I thought, hold on, he was, I think, for 20th overall. No. Okay. So that explains that. And uh, BMW diving to pit. So Philip Eng from second place has had enough. Maybe there's damage they need to get fixed. That's what I was looking for. Pitting early. The Marla car leaving the pits as the BMW arrives. Now the thing so Maybe to... that was further repairs for the Audi. Because as I said, they don't always do it all at one go. Or maybe they've decided to do things differently. There's another BMW stationary in the pit lane. But the important one is the one from BS Competition. Philip Eng bringing that in. Let's see... What they do, he reverses back into position. Oh, that'll cost him a bit of time. That will, won't it? Just might 
uh, fueling going on. So don't forget, he came in from third. Philip Ellis had got past. That whole host of cars are coming in. That's um, one of the Mercedes is pitting in behind. So maybe other people not damaged, just deciding this is a tactic they want to do after five laps. Just remember that number. That could be very important. Yes, and, and that's basically this race at three hours now. The guys are getting so quick. Uh, that it doesn't split into uh, the three-eighths of 24 that we've seen in the early part of the season. Three-eight-lap stints for the guys at the front of the field. Uh, and that has caused this change in tactics, Bruce. I think we got up to... Did we get 26 laps in the last race? Uh, without we looking... Got- we got one more than we expected, or most of the teams might have expected, because it was very, very clean running. Yeah, agree. Very, very quick. But it's not like adding another three miles to, uh, to the end of your race, is it? It's adding 14 and a bit, which is a rather bigger factor to knit in. So the pit so stops have... The... Sorry, Bruce, go ahead. No, you go, you go. The pit stops have started at RSL underscore studio if you want to be in front of my eyes here in the broadcast centre Philip Ellis in second in that dark grey with the green and red racing stripe up the left hand side uh, of the bonnet and Schnitzel Arm Racing battling through that fabulous TCR battle which is was at one stage the top five, still the top five, uh, having a cracking scrap. And that's where the danger time comes. And somehow he has, Marcel Markovic has managed to pick his way through in the fourth place, Schnitzelarm Racing. Next time I'm in Germany, I am going to seek out the Schnitzelarm restaurant and tell them that their virtual racing team is why I'm there. I've looked at the menu. It's awesome. All schnitzel all day. And what you have to do when you go to race meetings, make sure you get that done on the first day, because we always know by day two, time becomes more precious. Day three, there's no chance. It's racing, racing, racing. So, John, that's on your list. I think I might join you for that one. Yeah, seems reasonable. So, with pit stops, tactical pit stops starting now, here's how it stands at the top of the field. Uh, and none of the guys I'm about to mention have pitted. Sammy Matty Trogan now by 10 seconds from Philip Ellis. That's Audi for Williams Esports for Man Filters, the AMG GT3 Man Filter Team HTP win. With then Schnitzelarm Racing, that's the Mercedes AMG V8 that you can hear throbbing away in the background. Just going up the hill now past. Uh, sorry, going down the hill on the far side. Uh, of the circuit and heading down the hill to the bridge at now then Mikkel Jensen for Valken Horse Motorsport BMW it's actually not that far away from Marshall Martovic Kenneth Goodbranson is about 6 seconds further back then Race Union Florian Bordan in 6th position none of those cars have stopped the first car who has made a pit stop in the top category is, I think, his BS competition and Philip Eng uh, down in 12th position. Do you concur, Mr Jones? 
Too much information. I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling fast. Scrolling across, <laughs> yes. I have Check it out. It's such a wide table we have to play with. I need several um, more screens. Yes, I need to know if that's a realistic pit stop or not. I was, that, oh, that was just his, that might have been just his damage. Okay, we'll sort that out in a moment. So still then, two and a quarter hours remain. And Sammy Martin Trogan for Williams Esport is leading out in round five of the DNLS powered by VCO. So I think, yeah, I still think it's the BS car that has gone into the pit lane. But we, as we say, the problem is we don't know if he did a full service uh, on that one. Well, in behind, Nils Cook also has made a pit stop, another BMW, so that is... Uh, yeah, that was a... Wait to see which is more realistic. If that and Spengler got well. out of that car after a very short opening stint. Uh, so, Philip Enger has just come out in that car, I reckon. But he started the race anyway. But yes, Nils Koch, um took over from Bruno Spengler after, I think, just two laps. So that's that early stop again that we have seen uh, before. And that may play out later on. And we'll just see how the guys work that through. As we've mentioned, it is not a simple case of dividing it up into eight lap full stints for the SP3 cars. 9-11 Cup class led by Claudius Veed for Sim RC Cup. And then, ah, that's a change. So Claudius Veed has gone through past Martian Ashes, so that's a change for the lead. We'll pick that up in a second. Kanu Bushman still in third position from Patrick Shalowski. Remember those top three were absolutely together. Shalowski uh, a little bit further back down the road now, 12 seconds back. So Asher and V, the two Asher racing cars, have swapped positions. And we'll check to make sure there's no damage on Martin's car. That would, that's going to be a difficult conversation if it was. But Claudius V leading the Cup 2 category. So it is round five then of the DNLS, powered by VCO, the Marla three-hour race, Dreistunden. And we have had a change at the top of the Cup 2 category, the yellow and black car. Now heads the black and red. Oh, that might change again, though, as they're together. They are both carrying the livery of Asher Racing on their doors Martin Asher was on pole and led and now Claudius Veed as they climb the hill towards the bottom of the Caracciola carousel the lead up to the bottom of the Caracciola carousel that tricky long right hander that's where they are now the old test hill on driver's right uh, driver's left excuse me now up into the carousel and confirmed visually as well as on the timing screen now Bruce Jones that Claudius Veed has sneaked past the Paul man, Martin Asher. What we saw a couple of moments ago, probably around Kesselchen, is the fact that it was the first of two mistakes from Claudius Veed. He got in front in that yellow nose Porsche, but he ran wide on both instances. 
and that allowed Martin Asher to get closer and closer. We, it looked as though Asher may be able to toe past him. Another point at which he goes really, really wide. He is leading, but by golly, he's struggling to keep it on the black stuff. And uh, certainly a far more measured driving line, a much smoother approach for Martin Asher. It served him well. He wants to get back in front, but I am just slightly concerned. Weed is really, really pushing it right to the limit in his quest to stay in front in the Cup 2 class. And Asher looks much cooler, much calmer. Can't see any damage on his car, but maybe he made a mistake. Maybe that's why there was a change in the lead of the Cup 2 class. But certainly Claudius Lee is doing his everything to try and stretch away. But right now, I think his everything could involve a trip into the barriers unless he cools it down a little bit. A flurry of pit stops in the GT3 class. Jack Sedgwick in for Munn, uh, in, into the car for Munn filter team HTP. That was the car that was in second. So that was a six lap stint for them. Rautigan has taken over Schnitzelam Racing. He came in ahead of Valkenhorst, where Scott Michaels will take over the 34 BMW. It's Tomchik, Tomchik, Tomchik time for HR BMW Green Hell. He's got getting into the 112 car. Yannick Metzler for Racing Fuel Academy and Ring Feizet Racing, Sim Racing. Nico Menzel will jump into the 188 car as they're quickly rejoining. So that again, Bruce, those, they're not out of fuel there. Only six laps down. So they are, they are back timing now to the end of the race already. They're back timing and with the temperature now above 42 degrees on the track, I think they're also assessing just how much more oh, time where they're getting this time around than they were in the earlier rounds of the championship. It's a warm spring day on the Nordschleifer and I think it's going to maybe have a far bigger effect than we can realise. Except if you're finished, your name is Sammy Matitrogan, you're able to put in lap after lap, 7 minute 54 seconds last time around the next car in line 759.75 and a bit seconds slower for Mikkel Jensen in second place that's why he's 22 seconds down so maybe Sammy Matitrogan super sweet on his tyres let's find out just a word by the way about the weather conditions this race is being run in the simulation today so today's date is on this simulation so it is the 30th of May and therefore the weather conditions are indicative of what it is today. A little bit of high clouds uh, and warm conditions. When we get to the Nürbur to the iRacing 24-hour race from Le Mans, that race is going to be run at September, which is when the real race is going to run. So more darkness and a different weather model. So that's uh, in about a month's time, that race, and we'll be bringing you full live coverage of that here on the Radio Show Limited Network of channels. Well, I'm very pleased it's going to have September temperatures because uh, as someone who normally works in the pit lane, it's much cooler in September because that pit lane at Le Mans, that holds its heat, that great big concrete edifice. And even after it's dark, you still get the heat kicking back up. Anyhow, that's enough about my life. Oh, there's a touch between two of the 718s. That was the battle for fifth and sixth. And Patrick Harner has made the mistake, got too close to the back of the fifth-place car right ahead of him. And that has cost him a couple of positions. It was uh, Marcus Deck, I think he was battling with, in the Sim Racing Channel Black Machine. And he was very heavy contact with the barriers as he was... Heading up the hill towards the base of the run to the Caracciola carousel. 
He's got damage on that card. Not always visible, remember, damage. The modelling in iRacing concentrates on the dynamics and the driving feel of the car, the performance levels and the sound. Not necessarily accurately modelling every scratch and ding in visual terms, but certainly in performance terms, Bruce. Can't imagine that he would have got away with that, Patrick Hahn, without knocking a few miles an hour off, and, and that is really key here. Absolutely, and one thing I, to which I don't know, one of many things to which I don't know the answer, but um, if you damage your car in this, can the damage continue to manifest, i.e. become worse on an incremental basis as, as the bits that are broken become more and more stressed? And uh, anyway, that's a little thought, but I'm sure it's a, a re it could be a realistic factor because we all know that once you do damage a car in, in, in life, bit by bit, it, will it ought to gradually or potentially gradually could involve other elements of the car, other components of the car becoming damaged accordingly. There's, there's one for the professors to fix. Oh, well, we, we did have a Porsche-blown engine with two laps to go in the, uh, albeit it was a GTE car, Scott Hargrove was well inside the top ten in the uh, Real Talk gear, uh, bright green RSR, and two laps to go, the flat six gave up, and uh, he potted back to the pits and finished well down. So it, it can happen, and, you know, the damage that you do... Uh, if you don't get it fixed, it, it isn't going to fix itself, Bruce. So, yeah, you know, it, it can be an issue. Talking of damage, eighth place now, Philip Eng. Don't forget, he was fighting over second place. He's had that pit stop. I'm waiting for him to complete this lap, and then I'll be able to see what sort of pace he's managed to pick up after the repairs. But the fact he's back in eighth, well, that's also down to the fact that quite a few of the drivers in that class have made a pit stop now for refueling. But... Uh, Interesting to see how far he can recover, but all along, Sammy McIntrogan eking ever further clear at the front of the race. Again, another five seconds uh, faster than Mikkel Jensen in second place. So it's looking very, very good for that particular Audi. But uh, in terms of comeback runs, Philipp Eng, of course, had that pit stop damage repair. But uh, one has to look to see where Alex Arana is. His was a car that needed far more damage uh, being repaired. He's down in 39th position, but don't forget he's made not one, but two pit stops. So he's uh, probably got all that damage straightened out, John, I would surmise. Well, he's got, it's not slowing him down, is it? Uh, right turn lover uh, is asking, oh, hang on, I was distracted by the coffee. What, what were you talking about, the 24-hour race? Um, the RTL, the uh, VCO Le Mans uh, iRacing 24-hour race, which is uh, next month. In fact, it's a month away, um, four weekends away. Uh, is going to be run with the time of year and uh, day set for the start time of the real Le Mans 24 in September because you can time shift in iRacing. And in fact, Bruce, last weekend uh, at the 12 hours, the Hankook 12 hours race for Creventic, uh, that was actually run on the weekend in the virtual world that it would have run originally. So that was the end of March or before the clocks had changed, uh, different weather conditions and uh, longer uh, run into darkness. And that's exactly what's going to happen in the one of the Blue Riband events of the iRacing calendar, the Nürburgring, uh, the, excuse me, the Le Mans 24 hours. So that will be the, uh, I think it's the... 
I'll, I'll check the date, but it's the week after Le Mans would have happened in June. So it'll be four weeks this weekend. Um, and OK, we've got the front runners in the pits now, John. Sammy Matichogan, just remember his lead was 26 seconds over Mikkel Janssen in the Walken Horse Motorsport BMW. So the regular front runners who are taking the regular approach. We've had some come in a lap or so ago, but uh, for Sammy Matichogan, the Williams Esports team, seven is the magic number. And a host of their friends are following them in. And they'll all take tyres, of course, so you'll expect to see uh, the cars go up. So Niels Kosh will go through into the lead for Team BMW back, will he? No. And he's got across the line now. Let me skim through. I was too busy watching the minor uh, categories there. He's gone into second place, but that effectively is the lead. But hold on, Sammy Matty Trogan has rejoined the circuit. I, I think he got out in front. I think Trogan got out in front. So Niels has Five dropped seconds. into second. Yeah. Five seconds is the gap between them. So all look fairly regular pit stops. So I was just quickly trying to create another timing screen. I failed in that. But uh, so right now it's uh, Sammy Matty Trogan, Niels Koch, Jack Sedwick, and Christian Cronyers have just gone back out. Came in from second place with Christian Walken Horse and 35 BMW out into fourth. Bores is a pit stop though, does he? Niels. Niels. He made a pit stop earlier. Oh yes, he was one of the early stoppers, wasn't he? he You're was. absolutely right. I took over from uh, Bruno Spengler. He did. He, he took that over from Bruno Very Spengler good. at the end of lap two, I reckon. Maybe, maybe lap three. So he has now. Uh, he's on lap seven now, so he is—he's barely halfway through his run. So this might work for them. Sammy Matichogan doing a double at the sharp end of this race. So there's one zero nine car yet to be driven by Dominic Style, who is next in. So now that's interesting because yeah. The regs say you've got to do two driver changes. So is it going to be Dominic back to Sammy and back to Dominic? That will just about work, won't it? With the time remaining. Oh, yes, it can. It just means that Dominic can have more lunch today, I think. Yeah, he's only going to do one, one stint. stint. Yeah. And, ah, actually, that's not necessarily the case because they might have to do a short stint at the end. So Dominic could do a stint and a half and then put in Sammy Matty for the five lap sprint to the end or whatever it's going to be but they, they've done you know at the front of the field Sammy Matty did seven uh, the, he's, the, he's the only one of the top cars to have done a full seven lap stint um, we see them do seven or eight and we, we've seen a nine so this is interesting to see how this I do think Bruce you've hit the nail on the head for the tyre wear nobody that I'm well Dominic uh, no, that's a different category. No, no, I think everyone has decided eight is no longer the magic number. Seven, Seven is, is. Number. Sevens and sixes. Philip Ellis came in after six. He's in th That car, at least, is in third place. The man filled the car. He's uh, handed up to Jack Sedgwick. Uh, no. well, it could be 775, John. Yeah. If we go for 26 laps again. Yeah, absolutely. Clouds are starting to build up a little bit, I'm noticing. A little bit more... Sunshine and shade up and down the pit lane. Keep an eye on that, but it's still air temperature as it was at the start. 23 degrees track temperature. Bob back down to how it was at the start at 40 degrees. The wind is building up a little bit, 14 kilometres an hour. So, yes, our local correspondent, uh, Zach Mercurius, 
Um, there's some good information there. I'll look for visual clues around the circuit, but not enough to really affect the cars today. Marcus Schirach has climbed aboard the 227, taking that over from Martin Asher. And that car now back in the lead, with Simon Grossman having taken over from Claudius Veed in the Sim RC Cup 2 entry, which was in the lead. So that's been a change since the pit stops or at the pit stops, Bruce, for the two Asher Racing branded cars, although in slightly different liveries. Thank you for them doing that, so that at least we can tell them apart. Then under different, uh, running under uh, different entries as well. Exactly so. You always, I, I'm always quite sceptical of the timing screens, particularly once with as many splits as, as we're enjoying this weekend, John. Uh, in that little... F has there been a fumble in the pit lane but certainly for 276 looking very handy indeed Simon Grossman as you say Sim RC Cup the yellow nose ooh that's understeer my dear friend so early in the lap pushing very hard before he goes out onto the Nordschleife part of the circuit you can see the front end of that yellow porter washing wide so we forget John that uh, for these drivers they're also adapting once they've just taken over at a pit stop to just what sort of grip they've got but uh, wouldn't that be so embarrassing if you if you dropped it five corners in before you'd even got onto the really tricky bit the Nordschleifer it has it's too happened. hard too soon but they have to find these things it has happened and there are plenty of places in the world where the pit exit is far more difficult than it is here at the Nürburgring I think particularly Daytona coming out the Daytona pit lane on cold tyres particularly difficult battle for ninth and tenth Richard Westbrook uh, in ninth at the moment for the Phoenix Esport Racing Green Team, which confusingly for Heindorf is actually a yellow card. He's got Scott Michaels for Falkenhorst BMW. Goes around the outside as they commit from uh, up the hill towards now. Where are they there, Bruce? Uh. Out of, Bright, out, out of uh, Bergwerk, uh, coming yeah, up the hill from Bergwerk, yeah. I was just sort of ruminating on the fact that I, I'm, you know, at home in my office, uh, just on the Dorset border with Wiltshire, and probably 35 minutes drive away is the driver of the, of the Audi there, Richard Westbrook, in at his home in Bath. Yes. Just, as you say, we're talking about Alex Arana, yet to meet Agustin Canapino, but one lives in Spain and one lives in Argentina. This is something that I still find extraordinary, that anyone at any point in the world could be competing in this race. Uh, the IMSA race are, uh, of the last few weeks, I've had uh, Matt Griffin, who is not even a full street away, uh, Nick Tandy, who's down on the outskirts of, oh, down towards Bedford, so that's, what, 15, 20 minutes away it's around some it's lovely like roads. A, well, I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, it is like, is he, is he still in Northamptonshire? I'm not sure. Nick. No, but the thing that sort of gets me, you've got a driver who is doing this in the morning, and they're, and they're like, someone on the other side, you know, turning to night or the middle of the night, and you think about their state of um, you know being awake their awakenedness great battling here Richard Westbrook still hanging off from Scott Michaels and Max Reberich haven't seen much of him in the uh, second of the uh, Team Phoenix Audi so then, you know, really goes back is it tripping them up well what trips them up of course John around here is uh, finding say a TCR car because TCR cars very seldom are on their own are they and they could be having their own battle and you've got your battle and you've got to get through without using ground so it's super super tricky yeah Just hearing a bit of uh, in inter-team chat, I think, in the background 
uh, of our effects fade from the virtual Nürburgring Nordschleifer. Hopefully uh, nothing untoward coming through there for you. But that's been an interesting thing this year, hasn't it? Lando uh, exactly Norris so. Not happy with life in the IndyCar scene. When he heard other teams' messages, it suggested they might just drive into his path or into him. And then let's, let's not beat around the book. Of course, in the Formula E, we've had a driver lose his regular works drive. Daniel Abbs had a, a friend or a colleague stand in for him, and that, that's had real-world effect for him, losing his, his race seat in Formula E after all these years. So, um, interesting days. Yeah. Ah, I think that's the German commentary team that we're hearing on our FX feed. So apologies if that's a little distracting at the moment. We'll get that sorted out with our colleagues. I was going to say at the Nürburgring, but in fact they are, some of them are at the Nürburgring really. Um, it's been a great collaborative effort between real world and the virtual these events. Cracking battle here with well, three Scott Michaels cars. used the stream very early yes. to get past Richard Westbrook, who's now got his own teammate Max Rieberich right on his tail. But uh, that, that is a genuine three car battle, isn't it? Yeah, is and was because the BMW is now pulling away. Now that uh, Scott Michaels has got through, he's got oh, half a second advantage, I'd say, at the start for line over Richard Westbrook. In fact, 0.8 of a second is even better for him. And Richard Westbrook's lost another position. His teammate Max Rieberich has dived inside. Blue Audi going ahead of the yellow one. And um, we need to check one more thing. I just want to check that all of the GT3 runners have made their pit stops. Yes, they have. With all those laps on the board, eight laps on the board. Nobody's tried to be a hero. Yeah, every car in the field has made its pit stop now. So that, what we're seeing on the timing screens are are probably uh, are, are proper positions, virtual positions, aren't they? Yes, they are. Uh, so it's the five seconds between Sammy Matitrogan leading from Niels Koch, but Niels will need to come in much earlier to make the second pit stop for that uh, number 107 BMW. Uh, June the 20th and 21st is the iRacing 24 Hours of Le Mans will be covering for you in sound and vision uh, Audi R18, Porsche 919 HPD ARX 01C plus BMW M8 GTE Porsche 911 RSR Ford GT GTE and of course the Ferrari 488 GTE as well full 24 hours and the point I was making about that that uh, peaks like turn lovers interest is that uh, that will be running on the September date in terms of time of the year. Yes, it's the date I've just given you, but in terms of what's happening in the sim, we will bend time, we will shift time to the actual date, proposed date of the event, because I don't even think we can say that that is certainly going to happen at this point, but that is when the sim, it will happen in the sim in terms of the weather, the darkness, etc. So that is going to be really interesting. Some uh, three to four hours more of darkness at that time of the year than we would get in its middle of June date normally, which is very close to the longest day, longest amount of 
of daylight, of course, here in Europe. So that's a one for your e-calendar. Once again, that is the iRacing Le Mans 24 hours, part of the FIA World Endurance Series on uh, iRacing as well, with Audis and Porsches, the uh, LMP1 field, also with the HPT ARX 01C, and then the GTEs as well. June the 20th and 21st is the actual date that that will happen on your calendar, but the time in which the race will uh, happen in the sim is that middle weekend in September that is blanked off for it at the moment in the real world. I love the fact you can do that. Mike gives an interesting little look ahead and a preview of, of what Le Mans might look like at that time of year. <coughs> Nothing is impossible with sim racing. This is what I've established over, over, over the past... It's only two months, John, since you let me come and start playing in this world, and it, it's just endlessly fascinating to me. There are so many variables, but uh, because of that, I mean, you know, way more variables than I could possibly even contemplate, but just because of that, we can get so close to how it should be. And I think it's been a real, real eye-opener for a whole host of people who've got motor racing in their bloods but have not been involved in sim racing. And I also think it'd be developing sim racing to a way higher level than it's ever been before. So I think it's win-win wherever you look I don't disagree I suppose George John Hindoff here Jack Sedgwick on the track in third place for Manfilter team HTP Windward after the pit stop cycle and the big winner in that first pit stop cycle pretty much all of which had some element of strategy or tactics in them nobody ran the full eight laps at the sharp end of the field and Niels Koch and the Team BMW back the 107, the dark grey BMW was the one that came up through the field, Bruce, and now just five seconds behind Sammy Matty Trogan, 14 seconds ahead of the battle for third place between Jack Sedgwick and Christian Cronius for Valkenhorst Motorsport number 35. Yeah, and looking at talking of Niels Koch in that second place he's putting in some pretty impressive splits around the circuit I'm waiting to see what the first flying lap full flying lap would be uh, for the race leading Sammy Matitrog and he's doing that second stint but uh, certainly haven't really watched Niels Koch's lap times in detail over over the previous few rounds but he's really putting in some great great laps for Team BMW Bank and uh, it's, it's their turn to really start to get up the sharp end of the field and uh, make some impressions Jack Sedwick likewise uh, Young racer doing some really good stuff, but uh, in fact, Niels Koch has got the gap down to just over four seconds now on Sammy Matty Trogan. So not just good split times, good real times too. So yeah, interesting days. But he is going to have to pit um, relatively soon. Now we've got eight laps for the race leader. Should be nine laps any second soon. And they completed the lap, but uh, Niels Koch doing good job under four seconds. He's closing in in second place. It's interesting, isn't it, when a driver gets into the groove whether it's real world or virtual racing when they are feeling comfortable the time seems to come effortlessly doesn't it Bruce yeah exactly so I mean we shouldn't, shouldn't really blink about this one because uh, Niels Koch won last time out with Kai Kashuba and Bruno Spengler but don't forget there was that contact at the, the final corner that sorted that one out but uh, no one was going to back out but yeah just now just driver in third place 
ad hoc racing Danny Deuce's run off the circuit bashed the barriers and uh, come back on board in 369 but uh, that will be heart in mouth and that was just about coming on to uh, the start finish straights and lost his concentration momentarily and I think got away with it that's a scary moment and what, what car was that Bruce sorry 369, he's weaving his way. Oh, he yes, has car, Unfortunately, weaving around the grey and white car. Third place now becomes fourth as Niels Carstensen goes past at the Dottinger Hoa. But uh, third place not in far back to the pits. Yeah, third place in GT4 for the ad hoc gaming uh, machine. And it's not that far back to the pits. Uh, those cars normally do 10 or 11 laps from memory. It's been a, a lot of going on. Earlier on, the championship leaders, the Marla Racing 186 car, now has had two pit stops. Uh, Alex Aranas got into the car, did one lap and came back in, and now has settled into a bit of a groove. But that was the issue from the accident earlier on. Meantime, Valkenhorst and Race Union battling together for 8th and ninth position. Scott Michaels, very impressive virtual reality driver. He's just gone by Marvin Otterbach. Marvin, a fairly... Uh, a driver with a, a bit of versatility. We've seen him in TCRs as well for Race Union. Same colours on that car. Just as I glanced up there and saw that Audi of Race Union just for a moment it had a little look of a Nissan GTR at the front end there which sort of caught me out now uh, my old eyes have focused better it's the sunshine bouncing off the front wing John it must be it must be exactly what it is yeah so the other thing that I need to get up is our predictions and what we are looking at at the moment uh, in terms of uh, whether we're going to get 24, 25 or 26 laps John while you're doing that you just mentioned that the I think it was the TCR class cars can stay out for 11 laps or so but nobody can in this race today in this heat no I don't think uh, so because they, right. they've all made their pit stops and we've only got nine laps on the board, not even nine for some of them further down. Gap between first and second, 3.97 seconds. And uh, last time, nearly a second gain by Nils Koch on racing with Sammy Matic Odin's Audi. So it's BMW hunting down Audi. And uh, down in the order as well, Walking Horse Scott Michaels, he's in eighth in his BMW. He's hunt he has hunted down an Audi in the past, as, as John mentioned, Marvin Otterback was demoted. I think he's catching two of them is Max Rieberich. We saw him overtake his uh, Phoenix Racing teammate, uh, Richard Weston, a lap or so ago, and now he's uh, closing in from the tail of Otterback. From off as well. Scott Michaels is the man on the move at the moment, though, isn't he? Up in the ninth position and has pulled away at a rate of knots. Uh, up into eighth position, excuse me, then pulled away from Marvin Otterback. He's, gonna he's have... lapping four seconds a lap faster than him and the three cars in front of him. So... Yeah. Um, Michael should be able to catch the Audi of uh, Piotr Jagodzinski on this lap. That's WRT's second Audi. He's only just under three seconds clear. So, yes, certainly uh, Scott Michaels on a massive charge, which will put a, a smile on the face of Sam Michaels and David Pittard, who share his car. As Horse 34 makes its moves. 
Yeah, he's going to have to cut his way through some traffic off the back here as heads down into the foxhole. He's got a couple of battling. In fact, that's first and second in the Porsche Cayman class, the 718 GT4s. So that's Sindre Setsas and Sasha Berger that he's going by uh, at the moment. As I've said that, I'm going to say that that, is, that was not the cars he went past. Was it? Yeah, I think it was actually. I'll take that back. All right. Core and Zorg Rensport, Core Sim Racing and Zorg Rensport, often with multiple entries in multiple categories and not beyond the bounds of possibilities that they get uh, podium positions or better in a couple of different classes see the uh, similar uh, similar liveries as the Porsches in the Cup 2 category for 9-11 Cup classes Simon Grossman and Till Norvig battling at the front of that the 276 and the 234 and I think actually that was the two cars that they just went by rather than the Cup Class leaders. But still, Richard Westbrook in the wheel tracks of his Phoenix eSport teammate as they are now trying to close down on the cars ahead. But that car ahead is uh, just beginning to stretch away a wee bit. Yeah, at this point, Richard hasn't got the pace of his teammate, Max Rieberich, and uh, dropped four seconds off his tail, but uh, Rieberich is very busy trying to catch Otterback, but uh, the pace of Scott Michaels is uh, really, really impressive. His next target, he's in eighth place in that uh, Wolfram Horse BMW, and he, he's already taken uh, one and a half seconds off Pietro Jagodinsky in the WRT Audi in the space of about a third of a lap, so you have to say eighth should be becoming seventh before the lap is out for Scott Michaels. And then he's got to find another dozen seconds, dozen seconds to catch uh, Michael Brautigan, who was sixth in that yellow schnitzel arm Mercedes. But as I said uh, a short while ago, uh, Scott Michaels is lapping about four seconds a lap quicker than him as well. So he's got uh, plenty of people he can pick off. Just got to be a bit patient. Love that run up the hill from Bergwerk all the way up, pretty much all the way uphill, all the way to the... Caracciola Carousel, it's flowing, it's fast, and when you've got the car dialed in there, you can really make some time up. And it's a question of just lifting at one place, maybe slight lift and a dab on the brakes, then a downshift and then back on the throttle again. It's all about momentum. So many parts of this sinuous circuit, all about momentum. Having over but, the top of the... Sorry, go ahead, Bruce. What I was going to say, all about momentum until you hit a curb and it bounces your car sideways. Very much. It takes a while to sort out because some of these curbs are really quite vicious and if suddenly your car has bounced two or three feet, a, a metre or so to one side, you've got a different thing uh, coming up ahead of you and it could be a barrier. And, and that is the key part of the Nürburgring Nordschleife. It's knowing which ones of those you can use and which you can't. So coming out of... Of, of Brunchen, you know, you can use the exit curbs there and go onto the block paving. Flans Garden, super quick, and there are 
certainly curbs there that you can't use. But once you run out onto the final part of Flansgarden, over the top of the hill where this battle is right now, you can use the block paving on the left-hand side and give yourself the best run into the right-handers as you're diving downhill across one of the many bridges that the Nordschleifer crosses as it's going backwards and forwards across the public roads through the Kleiner Carousel and now setting yourself up on the run for home with Reberich and Westbrook now heading into the Gallows Hill corner Actually, John, that's Otterback. Oh, it's Otterback and Reberich. Yes, Rebrick's it is. catching Otterback. Correct. And they're being dropped by Scott Michaels. Michaels has just driven away from them. That, oh, this totally. is a super, super start that we stint. A little bit of a drag from Otterback in the white and tangerine Audi. It was only as 7.18. Cayman, but it's not much slower, and he did get a little bit of a tour. From almost two and a half seconds back, the drivers tell us you can feel the aerodynamic advantage of the car following in the hole in the air that's been made so Riebeck should be getting that oh and he's prey Otterback has been slightly held up by another one of the Porsche Cup cars and now as they come on the start finish line it's advantage to the blue car goes down the inside very early the driver's right has about a quarter now a half of the cars overlap and will be in super position down into turn one now it's who's going to be latest on the brakes and the answer is it's Mark Rieberich who goes up into what has become eighth position so that means somebody ahead of them must have stopped does it I'll tell you who stopped I was just about to say Niels Koch ah. was the one who's going to have to come in early he was running second and he was only what four seconds or so down on the race leader Sammy Matty Trogan's Audi but uh, he owed us the stop and at the end well maybe he did to the, the two laps did, or maybe we thought three for Bruno Spengler, followed by seven, that would make sense for Niels Koch. So three and ten were their, yeah. lap, their pit stops. Yeah, correct. Seven laps for Niels. Uh, averaging just over eight minutes, including his in and out laps for his seven laps. It's per that lap. means Jack Sedwick is second uh, in the Man HTP. Mercedes and Wolfenhorst number 35 Christian Cronjers is third three seconds in a rear from Sedgwick hello to Mekol who is pounding around Europe in his virtual truck at the moment and uh, has added RSL 1 to his uh, sound system on that the radio player so he's uh, listening to us at the moment whilst driving. I've heard a lot of people have been running around Europe virtually at the moment, visiting places that they haven't been in this uh, virtual truck simulation. Well, hello to me, Colt. Do you need an HGV licence for that? Well, virtually, I'm sure you do. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's another good way to see places that you haven't been to, isn't it? Let's be honest. So through then, this battle which is now for 8th and ninth position as they head towards Flugplatz. Again, over a bridge and starting that long climb over Flugplatz. Noticeable, the difference in how the two Audis there rode the airborne section as you get to Flugplatz and the 
Phoenix car, all four wheels off the ground, whereas the Marvin Otterback car, I don't know if he lifted or maybe even tapped his brakes, but uh, that car stayed on the ground more there. And that looks like the Asher Racing car. Well, true. Asher Racing car has just been in the barrier, and that is one of the leading lights in the Porsche 911 Cup class. Uh, and that car has uh, dropped some positions. Mark Nash has started the race. It's uh, Marcus Schirick. And there was a fantastic battle there between three cars. And just going into the Caracciola Carousel, there were some GT3s, the SP9 category cars coming through. And I think that Yuri was a bit too nice, to be honest. Got offline and clouded the barriers up on the high side on driver's right. Meantime, Bern Siebel having a look at fourth position. Nicholas Last as they come into takeoff. Those Porsches look really, really squirrely as they come through those fast sweepers at the end of the lap, Bruce. And into the pit lane. Nicholas Last then pits from fourth position. Well, I give no, sorry, I apologise. No, that was Jens Klingman ahead of that battle. It was yes, the HR BMW, Jens Klingman. Uh, I know Nicholas Last did come in as well. Nicholas Last has come in as well. I'm sorry, I'm second-guessing myself there. Go ahead, bro, sorry. And I don't normally say exciting news. The car in 45th position has made a pit stop. It's now 47. Agustin Canapino, the Marla Racing Team Audi. Don't forget that was running in second place until being given a clatter. Out of, into Tiergarten by Philip Eng early in the race. That's their third pit stop. So Canapino, will he change over to Alex Arana? No, it's, uh, it's sorry, it went Arana to Canapino, didn't it? Canapino, Arana, Canapino, but uh, really looking a lap down, whatever lap times they can do on the circuit, they can't haul it back from there. So championship leaders have just got to try and see what they can recover from today, what they can retrieve from a race that really was snatched away from them, I'm afraid. They didn't have the answer to the pace of Sammy Matitrogan and the Williams Esport Audi, but they were the best of the rest. And uh, with the, the, the consistency of that lineup, the excellence of that lineup, they, they still were in with a very big shout. But right now, the Williams Esports today has been made a whole lot easier, particularly with uh, the Canapino carts so far down the order. So tricky for them. Haven't seen much of the TCRs, but there's been a good battle going on. The Avias Org Ren Sports Maxi. Peckle, sixth place car, has got the Leipzig Esports yellow and black car right in behind. And then behind that one is another battle. Because this is as we expect. So up behind Marion Hensel is Max Reidmuller for Tim Heusingveld, the 404. And they are all battling for position. In behind that, I think there's a GT3 car. I think that's Jens Althaus in the... No, maybe not. I just see it moving... No, it's a Porsche Cup 2 car. So that's not in the battle. Headlights flashing from that Porsche. Who's getting a little bit uh, frustrated. But these guys are having their own scrap. Throws it down the inside. And then has to back out of it at the end of the hats and back. Now goes to driver's left, past the 104, excuse me, the, uh, not the 104 at all, the 404, Team Heusingveld, Audi, and make short work 
of Max Reidmuller, and that might give an opportunity maybe for a bit of drafting. No, wasn't quite close enough. So 6th, 7th and 8th on the same run up the hill to Schwedenkreutz and then to the downhill right-hander at the top of the Foxhall to Arnberg. Foxhall in any car. Very, very scary indeed. It is super fast. And even on a tourist day, if you've got anything with a bit of performance, it gathers speed very, very quickly down through there. And you really have to be careful how you tickle the kerbs. Down one gear through the first right-hander, down another gear for the left-hander, and then a third gear for the final right-hander before you punch out of there. The forest section. And then just slightly climbing uphill. Two left-handers, you can give the first eight mechs up. It's the second one that's important. Make sure you get that right uphill braking area so you're late on the brakes for the next left-hander. As you're heading into the area of Callanhard, that downhill sweeping section. Right-hander, almost a hairpin, short shift. Third, fourth, sometimes fifth gear to get the car balanced before heading down through Callanhard. Then there's the miss-miss-hit section. As you're diving down the hill, that refers to the apexes of the three right-handers, of the three right-handers, then into the first or second gear hairpin, and now you're on the run down to the bridge. And the old secondary entry point for the tourist laps, Bruce? <laughs> TCR magic, isn't it? It doesn't matter this battle. It's magic six, or seven, madness? Eight. If I say these three names, I might shuffle them in a second. Maxi Peckle, Marion Hensel, Max Reedmuller. All want a piece of the action. Certainly say Max Reedmuller for Team Hoisinkfels at the back of that pack. Well, back of the pack, that's a third of a second from the front of that pack. Looks like the driver most likely, but they appear for the moment to have clear track ahead of them, which isn't the friend of the driver in third place in that group. Max Reedmuller, Muller wants... Actually, of course, they're in the slowest class, so they don't want to catch. They're not going to catch anyone. Are they? Sorry, I was about to contradict myself. If they were in, say, the Porsche Cup class, they could catch other other drivers. They're not going to. They're not going to have anyone other than cars coming through and past them. But right now, Max Reedmuller in eighth place for Team Hoisinkfeld. What are we talking? The length of his bonnet behind the Leipzig car. The Leipzig car, Marion Hensel. Oh. Max Eckel just if oh, side by side is the space for it. Well, certainly uh, Marion Hensel reckons uh, will do so. He's on the left-hand side of the track, the right place to be when they come to the next corner. Oh, oh it's brilliant. Position, magical. That is absolutely brilliant. And here's Reid Muller trying to get the triple draft. And we've got another Porsche in there as well. Still car side-by-side. Zorg Rainsport, the Avia car, trying to defend. But I think Reid Muller's gone through. He has. And here comes the 291 Porsche as well. That is Nicholas Last for Sim Racing Academy, their red team. And in there, there is a GT3 as well. That looks like the car collection, red car. Or is that the WRT Team 2, the 99? But certainly, that was precision driving by all three of those TCR drivers. You know, it's easy to, re- to forget, Bruce, isn't it, that the guy who's being passed has got to just hold his line. And those cars are moving around quite a lot in that uphill stretch. Yeah, and the fact of the matter is that almost at no point on the Nordschleifer is the track ahead going to carry on going straight. It's going to kink left or right. And if you've got a driver on the outside of you, 
<laughs> who's in the, who's to say which is in the right position when the track moves ahead of you from one side to the other you can't just drive in a straight line here and uh, ah i was just about to say what is happening with the uh, marla racing car acanapino has been in the pits for an age he has now been released but way way down the order now I don't think there's anything that can be recovered for them from this race. It's been really cruel, and I certainly think the more I look at the incident, uh, not their fault in that battle over second place that uh, in which they came unstuck. And I think the fact it spent so long in the pits just shows how much damage it received when it went effectively 360 down the barriers yeah. at Tiergarten and clearly did an awful lot more than we could see that has had to be rectified. So it's all about pride now for them in the rest of this race. We've got uh, oh, just under half the race remaining, so uh, plenty of time for driving, but I don't think from that far back there's a single point they could put in their pot. No, and, and that is, as you say, Bruce, that's another pit stop for that car. So this is Augustine getting in after... Oh, getting back in. And i got to say, I don't think you can put any of the blame at his door, if I'm honest. Uh, no, he 100%, held his line. No, 100%, because there were two points at which the uh, Philip Engs BMW kissed the grass to start with at the kink, and then, unfortunately, when the track kinked legs left into Tiergarten, he was on the grass, and uh, the Audi was on the tarmac. The Audi, Audi suddenly wasn't on the tarmac after it being clattered, but it was hitting the barrier on the right-hand side of the circuit from the driver's point of view and rotating down it that really, really did all the damage, and uh, the repairs clearly have been very lengthy indeed. So, so you can what, imagine some oaths being uttered in Bilbao and in Argentina. So Augustin did that short first stint. I think then Alex got in for just one lap. I then, believe so. Then Augustin got back in for six, and he's just come out the pits again. So they've they've actually done their two driver stints now, and it will be just a question of getting to the end and see if there's any other issues for other people for them to get some... Uh, to get some points, leading the championship coming in here. Uh, back to the TCRs, the battling TCRs. At the end of the Dottinger side-by-side action again with Leipert in the yellow and black car, side-by-side with Team Heusenfeld, the 404 car, and Aviasor Grensport peel off right into the pits. So for the moment, at least, that battle is down to just two cars. But to be honest, that's quite enough excitement. At 12 laps to go, I'm predicting now. When I say I'm predicting, I mean I'm reading the prediction screen on our marvellous strategy software. And that's an hour and 38 to go, so 12 to go. So that at the moment is only predicting 22 laps, Bruce. So these additional stops for what we presume is excess tyre wear in the heat of round five of the NLS, the DNLS by Virtual Competition Organisation, the Marla 3 hour, that is, that is costing at least a couple of three laps. So we are, in laps terms at the moment, by the computer, about halfway through the race. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it'd be a factor. It's, um, it's proving to be a far, far bigger factor than, than I uh, estimated, guesstimated. But it does look as though 7.75 will be the regular pit stop timings, uh, 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 regular runs for the drivers at the front end of the field. And Sammy Matty Trogan sitting on a lead of 23 seconds. He can call the shots in his Audi. And you'd have to say he looks pretty good for his second win of the year. So far, though, he's done half the race, uh, just over half the race. Hasn't let his team... Uh, teammate Dominic Steib have a single go 
at the wheel. But hey, I'm sure they're friends, really. <laughs> well, off the track. Uh, hello to Jules Algie Bridge, who is tuned in and absolutely locked uh, into this. And uh, there's a, a brisk business being done on the Radio Show Limited Listeners Collective on Facebook. Uh, the Zach Evans reminding us that iRacing fast forwards the sim of the weather for a few days before the race in order to make sure the model of the ground is stable at the start of the race. It's mind-boggling. Yeah, you're right, Zach. I love it. It's absolutely brilliant, isn't it? The attention to detail of the simulation, and I, I use that word advisedly. I hear people saying, are you going to play on iRacing? You'll play on iRacing, you're not going to get very far. It takes dedication, application, and far more talent than I'm afraid I've got. I've used it in the past to help learn circuits in the real world, and it's been very, very useful for me. And that's me on my own making a lot of mistakes so that I don't bend metal in real life. And I really take my hat off to these guys who are racing close quarters with the sort of reaction times, Bruce, that you have to have, particularly on a quick and sinuous track like the Nürburgring Nordschleife, and then having, you know, sometimes, as we've seen, three, four, five cars around you, all in the same class. Uh, I mean, that, that is the point. It's the fact you could have drivers from three other classes around you. And th- th- accordingly, their cars will perform in different ways at different points on the circuit. It'd be bad enough if you had drivers of uh, three cars of your own class, because at least they should be performing in a similar way to you. But uh, the variables, as if there aren't enough variables racing on the Nordschleife on its own, are just so considerable. And it is in seven ways. Stay off the curbs, don't touch other cars, don't damage yours. Then, of course, you leave it to your team to give you the right number of... Um, pit stops to make and call them at the right time you you cannot just wander into this and expect to be competitive and certainly for a lot of the the real life racers it's been a massive massive eye eye opener for them but i think it's all about just being measured in this you've got to be quick that's a given but you've got to understand how to behave in traffic and the drivers are, are really alerted to this uh, very very strong driver briefing very clear directives given to them and that just leaves them the small task of going out and delivering and yeah. um but it's the sheer sheer number of variables having cars of different classes around you at a tight part on the circuit of which let's face it john remember it amazes me they can get two cars side by side in some places never mind three hello to droid andy love the twitter handle he's up in the northeast of england which is sunny and warm today as most of the country is uh, reveling in this very slow moving high pressure system that's bringing up warm air from the European continent he says uh, I'm enjoying the commentary on RS1 in audio if you've got the bandwidth and the ability then we do have uh, sound and vision on radio-show.co.uk and some live timing as well but uh, Andy nice to know that you are tuned in and at the moment the battle that we're keeping a very close eye on is that at the head of the TCR category four different categories two Porsche Cup classes SP9 which is GT3 and uh, SP3T which is TCR and another one of the AR cars the 
Asher Racing Machines leading, but this time again entered under Sim RC TCR. And it is Jurgen Frank. My goodness, how many times have we said his name in the last few weeks? Bruce Jones. And actually, Patrick, Patrick uh, Kabinji as well for Core Sim Racing. Two of the big teams in any class and two drivers who have proved themselves beyond any shadow of the doubt if they go down through uh, Brunchen at the moment and heading up towards the ice curve. And there's ice curve. There's not even a TCR's length between them. I mean, one thing that's really, really come, come, become crystal clear to me, it's not just top sim racers and, and uh, professional racing drivers going in and joining them, seeing what they can do. You've got to be with the top team too. The amount of control these teams have, sim RC racing, core uh, sim racing, you know, these have excellent engineering setups. And without all of those factors, driver excellent, team excellence and tactical excellence as well, you're not going to be at the front end. So the fact we see these teams fighting it out in all sorts of classes, uh, race in, race out, just shows that they've got all these uh, factors absolutely spot on. And there'll be other drivers out there as capable of the wheel, but maybe not with such a good team. But you really have to have everything in line if you're at the front end of this. And I, 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 my eyes have been absolutely peeled wide open and the virtual competition organisation, VCO, do provide this amazing platform on which these teams, drivers, engineers can show their class and uh, the fact they can do it round in, round out, I think tells the story, John. I, I, I do like the attitude of the, the organisers uh, and dare I say it, there are some real world organisers who could learn something. The amount of information that comes out, let's just break off from that at the moment because the battle for first and second in TCS on the Dottinger oh, and they are side by side with the third car. Uh, heading right up alongside them and going through and has the core car been able to get a tiny little draft from that Porsche 911 as he went through and now here comes an Audi as well that might allow the Sim RC yellow and black car a little bit of a run it has and they've swapped positions twice on the Dottinger and it's back into the lead for Sim RC no it's three times the swap because core goes back through as they're heading to the Tiergarten that is brilliant stuff, so evenly matched, but a tiny mistake by the core racing car. Are they both heading into the pits at the same time? Yes, they are. Oh, brilliant stuff as the leaders from TCR head into the pits. That, Bruce Jones, was that three times it swapped on the length of the Dottinger I think it was. I think you're spot on there, John, but the thing is so many times drivers are maximising their inlap, but you, you're just so tied up, you expect them to go down to turn one, they're in the pit lane, there may be precious little between them there. That was fantastic racing, and that's why the TCR class is just always so popular, but absolutely on top of their game. Now, let's see what's what's happening out on the track, as they say. So still, Sammy Matichogan leading by, get this, one minute and 18 seconds. Yeah, he's cleared out. around him have made their pit stops. What, uh, what's interesting to me about those two TCRs, Bruce, you keep an eye on what's going on uh, at the bottom end of the top 10 uh, of GT3, if you would. Uh, that was two eight lap, no, that was an eight, two nine lap stints for those two cars to start with. But that then is only, no, that's, that's not right. Uh, two six lap stints. Six laps, yes. For those two cars. So even the front wheel drive cars, that's a six and a five that they've done. So only 11 laps in two stints for the front-wheel drive cars. Now, that is not normal practice here. 
No, because normally the GT3 cars running here as SP9 are the first ones in, and then up to two laps longer on a stint. So we normally have seven lap stints, eight lap stints, so they could be running normally ten laps, the TCR class cars. It's Bruce Jones, I'm John Heintorf. Great battling and still over an hour and a quarter of this lap to go. Strategy, speed, tactics, all still to play out in round five of the DNLS powered by VCO. It's the Mahler Dreistunden and the Nürburgring Nordschleifer and we've got it all live for you in sound, vision and with timing at radio-show.co.uk. Well, I think this heat, Bruce Jones, is really, really playing havoc with people's strategies. And I, I'm not sure with what it's 2.45 on the track at the moment in the afternoon, so quarter to three. I'm not sure with the sort of temperature we've seen that it's going to, unless it clouds over massively, I don't think that track temperature is going to drop that much. No, and it's also been heated in sunny weather for a number of hours now, really since since, uh, since sun up this morning. So even if it does cloud over, it's not going to be a sudden drop in temperature, that's for sure. It's going to take a few hours to, to go down, even with clouds. Very nice the moment. Right, Dominic Stive has taken over the race leading Audi 109 from Williams Esports. So uh, the race is run with more than half distance covered by his teammate Sammy Matitrogan, the guy who qualified on pole. Let's see what Dominic can do, but he has a lead of nearly one minute and 20 seconds. Uh, and from here, Bruce, uh, we are now projecting that there are nine laps to go. So uh, Sammy Matic's been in since the beginning, so he does have to get back in again. It's my understanding there have to be two driver changes. I don't think that... That was brought in a couple of races ago, and I don't think that regulation has been rescinded so we might have to see Sammy Matty back in that car with nine laps to go it's going to be a relatively short run then but we're not seeing anybody getting anywhere near that eight certainly not at full race pace now they're all clear in their understanding that tyre wear is massive today 40 degrees track temperature Oof. yes eating away at the performance of the tyres which is accurately modelled so 22 laps predicted then and the, we're not yet into the area where we can see everyone's done their last pit stop that's still to come strategy still to play out so at the Head of the field then we're seeing more pit stops as the weather conditions have played their part extremely high track temperatures meaning that tyre life rather than fuel consumption Bruce Jones is what is the controlling and determining factor in how long these cars are going in between their pit stops and the big question, John, is for the drivers, how hard do you push on those tyres? Certainly the, the fastest lap of the race was set by Sammy Matty Trogan. No surprise there, he qualified on pole position by actually eight tenths of a second. So he, he was the driver on top of his form. But that's a one lap, effectively uh, get it sweet for one lap. This is about getting it sweet for seven consecutive laps on your tyres. Push too hard too soon and your lap times are going to drop away. But uh, certainly looking at the metronomic pace of the fin, small surprise his car 
well, I was going to say is leading the race. It's not leading the race, but it's served its uh, its second pit stop, whereas uh, Marvin Osterback, who's in the race union Audi, will be coming in at the end of this lap and will shed the lead accordingly. But, uh, yeah, be kind to your tyres. National, be kind to your tyres, though, John. Put it in your diary. See if we can grab a quick interview from uh, some of the drivers who have uh, completed their stint with a bit of luck I think we can say hello to Carl Janssen from the core 303 car hello Carl can you hear us here in the broadcast booth yeah mate well how was that mate hot temperatures that's just killing the tyres it looks like yeah these hot temps are brutal um, it really hurts the uh, the performance of the car there was some corners where the car almost folded itself so now it's um it's, it was a tricky stint for sure, um, and especially the GT4, uh, where you can't really change anything in the damper settings. It's, uh, it's a tricky car when it gets hot. And it just, has that meant you've had to shorten up your stints? I don't see anybody going to the end of the fuel runs, really. Uh, we are going to the end of the of our fuel runs. Um, we can only do six laps now, though, with the uh, reduced fuel uh, ah. we can have. Um, so... Yeah, everyone is going to the end, but it's quite nice when when you can only do six laps because then the tires are quite nice. And does that mean you've got to really be careful in the opening lap or two that you don't overheat those tires early? Um, it's quite alright with the with the overheating. It's more kind of the cold tires you need to look out for because they are very cold when you get out on the on the track. So. Um, it's basically having one of those uh, spins uh, you need to look out for more than anything else. It's always cracking competition um, in your class, in the, the club sport class. We've talked about it before, about how tricky this car can be uh, to drive. Um, the question that I keep asking people, so I'll ask you, Carl, you know, you could jump into an easier car to drive. Why, why don't you? Um, I think it's just really that we enjoy this car uh, in the team um, and you know you have the TCR class uh, but the TCR with its front wheel drive it's a completely different kind of car to drive um, so I think the GT4 is, is a fun car for us to drive it brings the uh, it brings the racing very close though around this track with the with the draft helping out to keep the field close and all that um, yeah, it's a really good car to race with. Uh, in terms of, of this DNLS this year, powered by VCO, how have you enjoyed the competition and uh, how um, have you noticed the difference that v VCO being involved has made in terms of the organisation and the publicity? Um, you know, I, I love to race, uh, race around the Nürburgring. It's, uh, it's a phenomenal track. It's so good. Um, and especially with how the uh, competition have been this year, it's been a very fun, uh, very fun season to drive. Um, yeah, it's just, it's been really good, all in all. Um, can't really say anything more than that. It's been very fun. Well, you're always one of the drivers we keep our eyes out for. You've become a bit of a qualifying specialist as well, Carl. We see you at the sharp end of the field, and qualifying here is so important, but it's not like you're going to get... 20 laps to work yourself up to something you've got to switch yourself on straight away that's a that's a particular skill in these events 
Yeah, I don't know why I'm so quick in qualifying around this track because usually when I drive on other other series like in the Porsche Sport Super Cup, qualifying is not my strongest point. So I don't know. I think it's just the nerve ring is a completely different thing to qualify around. Um, where you have, you know, if you make a mistake somewhere, you can pull it together in another place anyway. So. Um, yeah, it's it's the qualifying. Sure, it's important, but you know, it's almost like doing race laps around qualifying yeah. as well. So, well, pass on our best to all of your colleagues at Core in all of the different categories that you're running. You've certainly given us plenty of entertainment and excitement over the uh, last few events that we've been covering here from from RSL. Uh, thanks once again for joining us, Carl Janssen. Thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Carl Janssen then from the 303 GT4 and at the front of the field now we've got the battle of the giants here Bruce because Alexander Voss BS competition one of the real gurus of sim racing who's been pulling and mentoring pulling along and mentoring the real world drivers from BMW Motorsports along uh, with uh, pulling along their learning process and he's in the car now Voss in second position just half a second away from the lead at the race union Marvin, Marvin Autobach very very steady laps from Marvin who comes into the pits and second in as well so through goes Sammy Matty Trogan back to the lead on the pit stop cycle eight laps to go uh, at the end of that one so, well, I have to say, I hadn't noticed the change in fuel for some of the classes. So now I've started to scramble to see if there's been a change in fuel for the GT3 cars as well. Because with eight laps to go, if we, as we were, and the tyres can hold on to it, that could be the final stops for some of these cars, Bruce. Yeah, well, Sammy Matty Trogan still listed in the Williams Esports Audi. He's just gone back into the lead of the race, but... We've only seen his name. We haven't seen Dominic Steib, his teammate, is listed in that car at all. So we'll have to keep an eye on that one. There could have been a transponder problem. But uh, here we are with um, a good old chunk of the race. We've got uh, just un just over an hour to go. And Sammy Matty Trogan appears to have done all of that in the race leading Audi. So uh, let's look and watch. The gap to second place, 6.8 seconds back to Niels Koch in the Team BMW Bank Z4, rumbling its way down towards the entrance to the Nordschleifer. So Sammy Matty Trogan done all the work where Niels Koch has done a lot of the work in the 107 BMW, but he has shared it with Bruno Spengler, who uh, kicked off in that. He's got Kai Kashuba, who shared the lineup with them when they won last time out, waiting in the wings. But so far, Niels Koch has done the, the giant, giant share of the second place running BMW's uh, stints in this race. Well, Michael Racing has started something now on these uh, virtual driving simulators for the HGVs. Um, got uh, a number of people, including Armando, saying, oh, I didn't know you could add stuff to the radio. I've just worked out my presets now. Well, don't forget, RS1, RS2, IMSA Radio and RS3. Three different sets of programming. RS2, uh, ostensibly, of course... IMSA content, so live and replayed 
IMSA content feature programmes. RS1 uh, includes our coverage of the DNLS and the other major events, and that's where we'll have the iRacing them on 24 hours as well uh, late in, later on in June. Uh, and RS3 is for everything else. And RS3 this afternoon, second of a brand new series of programmes called the Football Rewind. This is for soccer fans or those interested in the world's beautiful game. Uh, and this week we go back to what has been described by experts as the uh, most lucrative game of football ever. It's the championship playoffs in the English leagues to be promoted into the Premiership. And the amount of uh, financial assistance that that brings with it makes it apparently the most lucrative game of football in the world. And possibly the very best was Charlton versus my club, Sunderland, going back a few years ago. I'd never seen that game before Declan Brennan, the show's host, asked me to come and talk about it. So I watched all the build-up and the whole match for the first time. I'd listened to it on the radio. I'm not going to spoil too much of it. If you know football, you'll know what happened. It was an extraordinary game of soccer. And 3 o'clock this afternoon on RS3, UK time, and then repeated at 3 o'clock Eastern and 3 o'clock Pacific. It's football, so it has to be 3 o'clock on 3, doesn't it? It's the Football Rewind. Charlton Athletic versus Sunderland AFC. The Championship Playoff Final Classic. Reviewed with the benefit of hindsight by me in the company of the host, Declan Brennan. And if you didn't hear the Hereford United versus Newcastle United FA Cup uh, game, replay game, uh, that is now available as a podcast on the archive at radio-show.co.uk or where you get your, your, your podcast from. Any of the aggregators, if you search the Football Rewind, Radio Show Limited Production, or publication rather, and make sure you subscribe to that to get the downloads every week if you can't listen live right still to go just on an hour's worth of racing here we are predicting only in inverted commas only 22 laps to go and that is all down to the extremely warm weather conditions that we've seen in the simulation today first and second in TCR just through Brunchen heading up towards Ice Curve now Understeer City from Patrick Kabinji, which is quite unusual actually in these front wheel drive Audis. The good fortune of driving one in real life as well as in simulation. And they actually, you can easily forget that uh, they are a front wheel drive car with 300 and plenty horsepower. Tend to rotate nicely in the corner. Oh, Kabinji goes wide there and had to. Just gather it all back up again. No doubt, Bruce Jones, how hard these guys are pushing in the TCRs. And no quarter being asked or given at the sharp end of the field. And they've got only a gap of five, six seconds to Max Reedmuller for Team Heusingveld in third position. 
Yeah, well, Max Friedmuller was with them earlier in the race, and uh, but just looking at Patrick Kubinji's twitch, he did incredibly well to catch it and compose himself within the blink of an eye. He's still just under half a second, just over half a second down on Jurgen Frank, but that could have been a race-defining moment. Uh, but somehow, again, we talked earlier about you do not want to hit the curbs. That was exactly what happened to Kubinji for the sim racing team, and the tail end of the car went out of line. By golly, his hands must have been fast to haul it back into a straight line. And the fact of the matter, he only lost about three tenths of a second, but it could have been a whole lot more. But right now, he's on the rev limiter, out of the Dottinghoe, running towards the end of the lap. He's trying to pick up a bit of a toe, and he's, he's starting it. to get it. You can see it, John. He's now got close enough to really haul in the class leader. Jurgen Frank still in front in TCR, but the gap is coming down to, oh, a car's length and less. This, is, this was their outlap, so they might have been struggling with cold tyres uh, earlier on in the lap and now they've got the added distraction of one of the BMW one of the BMW Z4s coming through or is that a Mercedes it's a Z4 That's and it dives into the pit lane as they go across the line to complete their first flying lap of this stint they're both doing a double here as they go through down towards turn one there's nothing between them barely a car's length as they turn right-handed into the third gear, first corner. And Jürgen Frank then having this great battle. He's got clear track ahead of him. Patrick Kabinji looking at the back, the dark-coloured back end. Oh, just loses the back end. Going through the second left-hander in the arena section and now onto the shortened version of the Grand Prix circuit. The, the hairpin comes up very quickly indeed. Down through the gearbox again. Now just wait. You've got to be patient. Wait for that little bump where they, there's a slight depression on the track, and that's where you get the power on. Using the shorter version of the Grand Prix circuit here, as you, as we always do in the VLN, the NLS races. It's only on the Nurburgring 24 hours when you go all the way down to the. Dunlop curve at the bottom of the hill. Now heading out through towards the chicane. Can't take the... As you'd expect from a touring car, you can't take the uh, curbs there. Oh, a huge oversteering moment for Kabinji as he turned in super quick. He took an inordinate amount of speed uh, into the cut through there. And he was, well, what? quarter maybe more than that of a turn of opposite lock on and that's unusual in a front wheel drive guy couldn't he didn't dare put the throttle on as he somehow hung onto that the back tires clearly still either cold or maybe more worn than they thought they don't normally change the back tires in these three hour races bruce and i wonder maybe if they have done here in the back is it was a little bit cold you know, I think he's forgotten those five words the uh, virtual team manager said to him before he went out. Be kind to your tyres. He is <laughs> caning them. One of those sideways moments was enough to really, uh, you know, thought put a seed of uh, doubt into his mind. But he's pushing so hard, but still just cannot get level equal with Jürgen Frank. Jürgen just seems to have it nailed down in that Sim RC, the black livery Audi. But Patrick Kapinji, he, he takes the prize for trying. He is really pushing. He doesn't seem to be set back by his errors but you know bit by bit he's rooting those tyres John hello to Zach Evans who's uh, been watching but he's going to have to watch the last hour or so 
uh, later on because Enduro Dog, as he calls it, is staring two burning holes, looking at him, wanting that walk. Should have got that done first thing this morning, Zach. Come on. Time management. Bruce was out for a walk of the dogs in between our technical test and the start of the broadcast, weren't you, Bruce? Uh, time to do that. No, John. No, John. I planned ahead. He was he was out the door at uh, 7.25. Excellent. This morning. Excellent. With me attached, that is. Yes, it was a uh, quick cup of coffee, chat with one or two of the neighbours who were walking their dogs past us. In fact, uh, Matt Griffin's dog, Louis, was uh, walking by when I was out with my coffee uh, earlier on. Uh, I should say, I'm not sure whether um, he was walking uh, Deb or Deb was walking him, to be honest. But uh, it's quite an extraordinary thing that, uh, although we're social distancing, of course, here in the UK at the moment, the last 10 weeks, we've done more socialising with people around the area who walk past on their dog walk than we've probably done in done more than 10 weeks than we've probably done in 10 years. It helps that we're here more often. It probably does, but John shouting, get off my land, isn't socialising. Oh, sorry, okay. (laughs) That's a greeting. I always leave the shotgun broken over my arm, though. I don't want to be in any way aggressive. The... uh, (laughs) Let's check the... uh, class leaders which we uh, haven't done for a wee while Sammy Matty Trogan leads by five and a half seconds from Niels Koch in the BMW Bank 107 car for Porsche 911 Cup it's the 227 of Marcus Yiddach for Asher Racing they've been there or thereabouts haven't they first or second all the way through since the start and one could say the same of the lead in the 917 uh, sorry 917 718 uh, GT4 class Simbra Setsas. Yes, it would be. <laughs> Simbra Setsas for core Sim Racing now at the head. And Sim RC TCR lead in the TCR class, the SP3 T category. Jurgen Frank. So names there Sammy Matty Trogan, Marcus Yurak, Simbra Setsas, Jurgen Frank, that we have become very familiar with, Bruce, in the last uh, 10 weeks or so called being at the sharp end, staying at the sharp end, keeping out of trouble. And for a lot of these drivers, it's incredibly hard to stay out of trouble, but they manage it. Super, super close quarter racing. And the thing we found, John, isn't it, that for real-world racers coming coming to take part in this, when they're in really close traffic, that's been one of the very hardest things for them to feel just how comfortable they could be or uncomfortable they are feeling when they've got cars right next to them because the vision they have is largely out of, the, wind, out of the, the windscreen so they have to really try and gauge the blind spots and the areas when you're trying to go two or three abreast around the circuit just trying to do a little bit of mental arithmetic here and combine all of the information that we've got I think the longest GT3 stint I've seen is a seven-lap stint, which would tend to suggest to me that they've had a fuel adjustment as well. I know their tyres have been taking a pounding. Sammy Matty Trogan's done a seven. Uh, Niels Koch has done a seven as well. And then he's done a five. Spengler's got to get back in that car. And I would suggest that Spengler will get in in a lap or two's time. Yeah, and that would leave with six laps to go. Five yeah. or six. His final stint will be longer than the Williams Esports Audi because that's run regularly, but uh, Spengler did that very short first stint. So at the moment, though the gap between them, literally the space of a lap, uh, half a lap has bobbed 
from three seconds to five. It's now at four seconds. Pretty much even Stevens at the front of the field. Niels is on a very different tactic uh, in this final hour of the race to Sammy Matty Trogan. So for the Williams eSport Audi, they will have a shorter final stint. And I think in terms of tyre life, that will be uh, have really quite a factor that we should have unroll in front of us. Traffic again at the 14-kilometre mark. Heading up the incredibly fast climbs that you have here. And you've got to know what's over that brow. It's no good heading in and thinking, ah, yes, this is third gear left-hander. And, in fact, it should have been a fifth gear left-hander. Of course, doing it the other way is even worse because that would probably end up with a bent car. see who else has really started to make some moves. Good lap times being put in by uh, Scott Michaels. He keeps on picking his way forward in the 34 Walking Horse Motorsport BMW. He's now up into sixth place. Not long ago, he was down in 10th, 9th, 8th positions. And certainly his story is one that's going upwards and away, must be said. But nobody seems to be able to do anything about the pace of Sammy Matty Trogan and Williams Esports. They won the second round of the championship. You have to say... Uh, they've had their mishaps in other ones. In fact, they haven't been on the podium since. 13th in round three and fourth in round four. It looks though they should be good for their second win of the campaign. So under 51 minutes to go now and in the window for your final pit stop at the end of this lap. Uh, certainly might have even been at the end of last lap as well still predicting well in fact I was just about to say still predicting 22 but as the leader goes through onto another lap and Sammy Trogan pits no no Sammy exactly. Trogan pits sorry and Probably. Team BMW goes through to another lap it's just clicked over to 23 laps so the prediction now is 7 laps to go and a 23 lap race so that would be spot on. We know the car that is that has been leading the Trogan car can do seven laps on a stint. It'll be a full set of tyres. Has to be. But but and I, I'm I'm going to throw this in the mix unless there's been a mistake on the timing. Sammy's driven that car all the way through, hasn't he? Yeah, Dominic has just got on board. I thought you had the two two driver changes. Well, the teams have learnt through the course of this championship so far, the digital NLS. Uh, in fact, we had, uh, don't forget, the BS competition crew. Yeah. They, they lost a win, didn't they? Because they didn't, didn't put full... They put two tyres on at one, one pit stop instead of all four, and that cost them victory. And I think DNLS number two or two or three I can't remember which one it was uh, but the thing, interesting thing to me John was the fact that your predicted number of laps seemed to flip over almost at the second that the Williams Esports Audi came in from the yes. lead this race they might have similar software to you and that could be massive we've talked about the difference between doing 22 and 23 laps in this race huge in terms of your race tactics and if they've just called that absolutely right they'll be laughing and if they've got it wrong and suddenly it goes back to 22 laps, which I don't think it will, then uh, they'll be laughing out the other side of their face. But right now, Niels Koch leading for Team BMW Bank, and we knew they were running a different tactic. They yes, were, they I, 
was going to predict would have to have a, sh- um, a longer final stint and Williams a shorter one, but it seems to have flipped around the other way, the way they're playing it, anyhow. Yeah, Nils Koch's done seven laps uh, on his previous stint. He's, this is his sixth that he's on uh, at the moment. Meantime, there's 20 seconds between Jack Sedgwick now in second and the, Val- the first of two Vulcan horse cars. Scott Michaels, by the way, has gradually picked his way up in that stint, stinting a bit in the 34 car, to a minute and 11 off the lead and into fourth place. So he is staring at a potential podium there. Uh, and the tactics on that car... Let me just see how long Scott's been in that car. I think he's on his second stint. David Pittard did a six to start with. Then Scott did five. Scott's in the car again now. Now he can't go to the end from where he is now. So I'm expecting David to do a short stint again before the end. That's not really any disadvantage for that car. Because uh, David Pittard very quick indeed. Scott Michaels for Falcon Horse then, having just gone past Max Rebaric for Phoenix and as I say, claimed that fourth position. Now it's his team. So it's a question of which Falcon Horse Motorsport BMW will end up on the third step of the podium, I think, because it's there one is a lap. now Mikkel Jensen, 20 seconds down on Jack Cedric's Mercedes and over half a minute up on Scott Michaels. Yes. So you should be able to manage that. Yeah, and, and they have done their two driver changes because Christian Petronius got in in the middle. Mikkel's got back in again. He can't go up the end from where he is now. He's one lap better off than Scott Michaels and one lap worse off than Rieberich. Uh, but none of those cars, I reckon, can go to the end, uh, particularly not if we have got a 23-lap race. Uh, and in fact we've dropped down to 22 so it's right on the cusp at the moment and it's going to depend on pace that's really really tough for the strategist then Bruce because one lap extra here is not that one one lap extra at a normal Grand Prix circuit if you've got your fuel fill wrong or if you've got your maximum amount of laps wrong you're not going to be able to course round 0.7 of a lap here is not going to get you home no, and I, th- I think what, what surprises me most is the fact that uh, Williams Esports, I would have thought they could have afforded to have done another lap just to be playing safe, but they, they decided it went to 23 laps and uh, in they came, happy for a seven-lap final stint. But I would have thought it would be the other teams, the chasers, that were going to hit early, if early indeed was, was the case. But uh, right now, we've got Dominic Stuyvesant. I can't tell him his lap pace because his uh, splits around this outlap are looking good, so he's working well on the cold tyres. They come up to temperature, check temperature. 40 degrees, it's been stable pretty much around that point through this race, up or down a degree or two, but it's hot, it's uh, hard on the tyres. Right, so that, let, let's let's we reckon that that, that, that that seventh position car, the Williams Aceport car, I reckon that's the first car that can go to the end let me just check Otterback in front of him, because he cycles to the front no I reckon Otterback can can he go to the end? No, I think Otterback's going to be... Marvin Otterback is going to be a little bit short. Uh, 
And Marvin hasn't shown the race pace in there or thereabouts, but a few seconds of a lap down. So that that isn't the sort of performance that's going to take him to the top step of the podium, I would suggest. If it's 22, he might be able to get to the end uh, at the back. So that might be the first car that could go at the end, but that'll be a pace rather than a fuel thing. He's only 0.6 of a second ahead of Dominic Stipe, so it will be Dominic who will definitely go the... Uh, we'll go to the end from here so ultimately in a few moments time when that car goes through the key thing for me is how far behind the current leader they are Bruce and it's about 1 minute 15 1 minute 16 and that I I think that depending how far Niels Kort and Jack Sedgwick obviously Sedgwick's 18 seconds closer so that's a minute but down the pit lane is about a 30-second delta, and fuel is a full tank is just under 30 seconds. Tyres 25, 26 seconds. So depending on how much fuel they put in, that number 107 Team BMW Bank Dark Grey Niels Koch car is going to be there or thereabouts because the fuel you can decide how much you need to put in for the run to the flag and of course that's that's an absolute amount of time yeah the later you stop the shorter your your fueling elements of that but, but the big question for me possibly a bit unfair can any of what i call the slower gt3 class cars which effectively scott michaels backwards can they if the race only goes to 22 laps can that put them in the mix versus uh, the others that are quicker wanting it to go to 33 because at the moment we've got the Williams Esports Audi down in seventh place uh, one minute 16 off the uh, time of Niels Koch off the race leader so it, it's a real mix could some of the teams be having been cautious being kinder to their tyres not had such good average lap times could that suddenly put them into the mix if it swings back to 22 laps well I don't think Sammy Matney can go to the end I think he needs another splash if it, even if it goes to 22, he last that car last stopped at the end of lap 13. So even at, so he's only going to 20 uh, or 21 from where he is. So I I, I don't think they they've got a chance. Uh, the, the best uh, Otterback was the last car to stop in that terms. He stopped at the end of lap 14. So if he can do seven, he can certainly do 21. Um, Possibly a 20, I don't know. Scott Michaels, he last stopped at the end of lap 11. Um, so he's got another stop. Jensen, 12. 12 for the man filter car. Jack Sedgwick. Now, okay, while the, you're just having to think about that, John, what I'm trying to do is look at the lap pace of the drivers who are still out there, still owe us a third stop and very few of them are much below the eight minute mark, whereas a, a car that's come in and made a stop can lap in seven minutes 55. But we're only talking about a five second difference yeah. around the course of a lap. We don't have that many laps left, so this could be really one where, you know, I might have to dig out my abacus. I wonder where I put that last. Well, it's, it's going to all come down to where the time expires and who's in the lead when that happens. It's going to be one of those. HTP Winwood take the lead now with the pit stops going on. Kronje's in. Spengler back in the team BMW bank car, so he will take that car at the end. Sam Michaels is in the pit lane for Valkenhorst. That's spot on time for them. I expected those guys to have to stop. Christian Kronje's for the 35 car. Sedgwick then 
uh, has got another couple of laps, possibly. It's been solidly six lap stints for the Manfield, the HTP Windward car. Hello to Mark EJ. DNLS has been one of the highlights during lockdown, he says. Well, there's a big team of people behind this. Thank you for your kind words. Uh, we got Connery cutting the pictures today, the whole VCO organisation. Thank you, Michael and Nico. Uh, and, of course, all of our colleagues over there in Germany, as well as Bruce Jones, who's been outstanding as uh, the voice with me, John Hindhoff, and Tim Grace, our executive producer up in London. As well, of course, none of this would have happened without the responsible adult, Eve Hewitt, who manages to be omnipresent. Now, there was a car that did a driver change on the formation lap. That was the Schiller Aloma car. Uh, that may have been an issue there. You can't let the organisers know. It was because, uh, unfortunately, uh, Schiller lost his... Uh, oh, his connection, of his course. connection, didn't he? Car yes. number two. Fabian I thought Schiller. it was going to be Philip Noller, but Alexia Loma seems to have replaced him in the, in the second seat in that car. But as we said, John, imagine Alexi sitting at home just seeing how his teammate does. And unfortunately, suddenly the car's in the pits as we joked about him having to throw his coffee cup to one side and his donut the other and get on with the driving. But that was obviously a massive setback for them. And Fabian is now in 10th place overall. What it could have been... They lost a minute know. and 45 right at the beginning. Ah. Uh, and so they've and done how far pretty... down are they? Two minutes and ten. So that should have put them in a podium position. Yeah, pretty much. absolutely right. That's the get speed performance car we're talking about. Uh, the number two, the machine, the Vodafone team get speed. Great to see that they've dragged their real world sponsors in. As many of these liveries are reflecting, getting some visibility in the best possible way for their real world partners. And it's what we've been doing here as well with the. Here at RSL, particularly with our IMSA programming. The, thanks to the guys from Porsche and Haggerty Insurance. Also Mazda and Michelin. All dived in and helped us create a bit of content. It's a little different because we've been allowed into the hallowed halls of what is established sim racing. Thank you very much to everybody who's made that happen. So this is starting to hot up again, Bruce, in every sense of the word. Exactly 38 minutes remaining. Sedgwick may well pick at the end of this lap from the lead. If he does that, that's going to give them a four-lap sprint to the end. So they'll have done uh, three sixes and a four. And that's okay, so there's a question for you. Alexander Voss in fifth place overall has just banged in a 7 minute 53 second lap. That's way quicker than anyone else. And as I say that, in fact, that's just been eclipsed by Dominic Steib, who's taken over what is effectively the race leading Audi. It's from Williams Esports. It's down in third place at the moment, but Jack Sedgwick, he owes us a pit stop in the HTV Mercedes. Max Rebrick likewise needs to come in. But that BS competition car, don't forget that clashed over second place at the end of. Uh, was it that too? Yes, it was. Can when he clattered into Canapino. That is working its way back. But what is the stint length that Alexander Voss is on at the moment? I think he's going to be one lap. He could be one lap short. They've done. He's done a seven, and then he pitted, uh, and that was. Let me see. That was. Oh, that was three laps ago. So, I think 
he might make it. He, he might be able to make it, and, and that would make that car a real contender. A well, real contender. I think he's good for a podium, just about, because he's catching up with Marvin Ossaback. If Marvin he doesn't have to done. stop. If he doesn't yeah. have to stop. Um, we're still predicting four laps to go at the end of this one. And Spengler now aboard the 107. The BMW, great to see the Z4 back again. Is there a tiny bit of damage on the bonnet, or is that just the design of the car? So he heads up the hill from Breitscheid to... from Bergwerk, excuse me. Up the hill through those three extremely fast left-handers, and then got to pick your point. It's absolutely flat, and it's dragging uphill. Lift, back on, settle the car. Oh, that was fantastic. Fantastic from Spengler. Ben Constantjuris, who's part of our IMSA broadcast team for the Digitals. Remember seeing Bruno at the back end of last year in a big sim racing symposium. Symposium, see what I did there? Uh, he said Spengler could barely keep the car on the track and he's gone away. He was disgusted with himself. I spoke to Bruno about this. He's worked really hard with the likes of Alexander Voss. Uh, and Lauren Heinrich and various others and he's put the time in which is the other thing that you have to do Bruce and he's become one of the real world drivers that you've got to say has adapted to this super impressively you know one of the reasons that he's done that made that, that leap which would be far greater than he could have imagined until he was at the Sim Symposium um it's the fact he's prepared to say I, I need to learn yes. and how many professional works racing drivers of long standing like Bruno ever stick their hand up they're too proud most of them but he's been prepared and as you said worked very closely with Alexander Voss and Lauren Heinrich and he's listened and by golly he's clearly clearly learned and now he's busier than he ever is in his regular racing career and uh, BMW need a pat on the back because they have really taken to sim racing and as we said John they put out professional race releases, interviews, and, um, right. you know, they really have done a fantastic job, and I think they deserve all the success. And it's also keeping their PR crew oh, on absolutely, their toes, absolutely. keeping them sweet for the season. And they were the first of the big manufacturers to really take it seriously. Porsche uh, have sort of started to catch up. As in comes Sedgwick, as we predicted, he would. Sedgwick, now this is the last pit stop for the man-filter team HTP. He's got, he had a minute uh, on... Max Rieberich in second place for Phoenix. So how much time does that number 48 car have to spend in the pit lane? Forget Rieberich. John, it, forget Rieberich. It's the driver who's right on his tail. Correct. Dominic Steib in the Williams eSports Audi. He will pass the Phoenix car probably down the start-finish straight. That's the pace setter. That's the one he's got to pay attention to. I think we might see the Audi in the pits. We will. The Audi is in the pits for its last pit stop. What about... The HTP car, it's not moving, it's not moving, it's going to lose the lead. Through goes Williams Esports, Dominic Steib then in the 48 car. And still, that HTP car not moving, they must be taking a lot of fuel, I'm not sure why. They're up on the jacks now at least. Well, that was an awful lot of fuel for what is effectively just a four lap sprint now. I wonder if they got that wrong. As they came in and put a full fuel load in by accident, it defaults to full fuel and therefore 
That would have been 30 seconds plus 20 for 25 for the pit stop and a bit of the run down the pit lane. The gap then between Philip Ellis, who's climbed back aboard, 22 seconds to the leader. So through has gone Stipe, through has gone Alexander Voss for BS, the two BMWs leading. It's Gil Brunson for EWRT, who is now in third for the first of the Audis. Now, can Gil yes, Brunson... Yes, John. Go ahead. Gil Brunson has only made two pit stops in WRT2, so he is going to be out of the reckoning. He's got to come in and make another. The yes, this is his last lap. This is his last lap. He'll have to hand that presume he'll hand back to... Oh, he might not hand back to Piazza. Uh, so it's between Voss then... In the BS, I don't think Alexander Voss can go the distance. There's two laps difference between the Williams Esports 109 and the BS Competition 189 BMW in the favour of the car that leads. So Dominic Stein is absolutely in the driving seat in every single sense of that statement there, Bruce. Yes, however you... Um approach the, the logistics the sums the whatever the car has been driven beautifully and uh, it's just trying to look at the pace he's managed on bang I was going to say if you can lap in his position anything under eight minutes a lap such is the advantage uh, you should carry on to win this race and uh, City just quickly goes out bangs in a 7.54 why not so excellence had the advantage since the outset in the race of course we had the clash at the end of lap two just about under two seconds down behind him, the battle for second place. And Philippe Eng got it slightly wrong in the BS competition BMW and clattered into the Marla Racing Audi. And that took out Canapino. And that's been a real, real shame for them. Canapino and his teammate Alex Serrano scroll almost to the bottom of my screen. 19th place in class. They're literally going to pick up no points at yeah, all for that. That's, but, uh, that's bad. That's bad for them, Bruce. Um, I, I'm going to try and get to the bottom of this. The leading car can go on fuel but absolutely has not yet made its second driver stop. I'm going to have to check back on that one. It's the run to the flag. Last half an hour. Well, they've got the strategy right for the fuel. It was BS, of course, that lost a race win earlier in the season, Bruce. And uh, I have to say, I can't find the document that I thought I had on this computer here for the... Uh, the race regulations, the sporting regulations. Yes, and don't forget BS competition of the car is the team in second place. Five and a bit <laughs> seconds down. Be, be sort of ironic if they well, lost in early this year for a rules uh, lack of understanding, game one back in the opposite direction. But I'm sure Williams Esports are on top of this. I don't, I, I don't think they'll be taking any risks. Why would you have a driver do what was that, three stints and then one do one? It's not, not, especially as they're so close in lap times, that makes no sense. The only, th well, Sammy did seven, uh, then six, then three. So unless there's some kind of technical problem with Dominic's rig, uh, but even then, you good know, points. Uh, we do sometimes get all sense seems to be thrown out the window, but there is a reason. Yeah, I, I just, I'm concerned about that and that's a good team you wouldn't expect them to make that kind of mistake so that is something that we may bring to you we'll see it very quickly 
Uh, but you must have some discrepancy there because, uh, as we saw with the Get Speed Performance Mercedes, that had a, a glitch right at the outset, connection lost. There must be some slack that can be cut. Well, and, and that's way. what if they've had a waiver, that's what we need to find out from race control. Uh, and, well, I'm sure we'll be told. One thing I know is that they are very good at getting us information here. So that might. I'm good, I am going to continue with what we can see on the track at the moment and not speculate anymore about what's happening uh, with that. If there's a, an adjustment afterwards, then I think we've got a handle on it. But let's assume that what we're seeing is the real position. So inside the last 28 minutes here at the Nürburgring Nordschleife for the fifth round of 2020 in the DNLS powered by VCO. And here's how it looks on the track at the moment. Dominic Steib, first stint in the car for Williams Esports, has five seconds between himself and Alexander Voss for BS competition. The two BMW Z4s are ahead of Kenneth Gulbranson, who's the best of the Audis, for WRT in third position. Uh, BS competition. So what 12 seconds ahead of the WRT Audi then it's the first of the EMGs another three seconds further back that's Philip Ellis running to the flag the 48 car now I'm going to say that Gilbranson can't make the end from where we are now from where he last stopped so Gilbranson's position is slightly false Voss is going to be close no doubt to me that Staub can make it to the end in the 109. So the leader can go. Voss is going to be on fumes at the end. Gulbranson can't make it. Uh, the, the man filled the car can. Next up, 107, the BMW bank car, Bruno Spengler, definitely can. The big question mark is over how many driver changes Williams Esports have done. By our stats which aren't official, Trogan has done three stints to Staub's one. Well, that would be all right, but Dominic's just got in the car for the first time by our stats. In the classes. Yes. yes. In the yeah, classes. No, go, go, go. In the classes, we've got Porsche being led again, the 911 Cup 2 class by Martin Asher and Asher Racing. That's been a great battle between them and CMRC Cup 2. Claudius Veed back behind the wheel there. It's now 11 seconds. That's the biggest that gap's been for a while. 15 seconds further back. Keanu Buschmann, the German sim racing, is in third. He's got 15 seconds on Mariuri Sim Racing Academy in fourth. In the other Porsche class, it's Matti Sipola for core sim racing and the 303 car that leads by 17 seconds from Zorg Rensport and Christian Berg back behind the wheel there. He's got eight on Team RSO, who've stealthed themselves up into uh, third position with Manuel Weibel. Uh, Weibel. That's right, the first time. Weibel uh, in the Team RSO car. And he's got half a minute and more on simrc.de. Marcel Fessbender in the driver's seat there. And in Audi category, the TCR's Marius Gollenbeck for court racing by just two tenths of a second that's close isn't it that's the closest battle of the track and guess what it's the 
yellow and black sim RCTCR Felix Luding off to the starting driver for that car he's right in the groove at the moment and they've got 33 seconds no I mean, 15 seconds excuse me on team Heusingfeld 404 who've got 41 on the fourth place team ad hoc gaming by my days so the closest battle on the circuit is a battle for the lead in TCR Bruce Jones who'd have thought it John <laughs> we could do that every race and we could pretty much say every race it's core sim racing and sim RC just fantastic action and this is so well balanced but uh, the very front end of the race I must confess I didn't see DNLS 1 but DNLS 2 is my first sighting of Dominic Steib and Sammy Matty Trogan and Williams Esports sitting on a four and a half second advantage at the head of this race they are the gold standard BS competition though have raised their game and I said this at the start of the race, that Audi is fantastic in qualifying, but the BMW seems to come stronger and stronger. It seems a little lighter on its tyres. And if you're light on your tyres on a day like this, with track temperatures, have been 40, have been 42, but now, John, they're falling 37 degrees. Will that be a factor in the final laps of the race? Those that came their tyres earlier on, will they suddenly find they're not falling away as much as they would have done if it stayed at 40 degrees? Certainly for a lot of the drivers we heard from... Um, Carl, Carl Janssen earlier just saying the tyres are unbelievable today they're really really suffering in the heat and uh, so suddenly this drop at the end of the race, would it favour the BMW more than the Audi? I can't tell you but the BMW does come on strong through the latter stages of a three hour race so uh, we might have a sting in the tail yet Yeah last 20 odd minutes it's been a good run by Manfield, the team HTP Winwood. Uh, Philip Ellis, who started that car back behind the wheel, still predicting a 22-lap race. And that is the case. We've got three laps to go for the lead at the end of this one. But, John, do you remember not long ago, it flipped over just at the point of yes. the Sport Audi dived in after 16 laps. It went from 22 laps, 22 laps, suddenly 23 laps to go. They suddenly potentially had an extra lap, but now... If you're saying it's only going to be 22 laps, that's good for them. They don't want that extra lap. No, absolutely. Absolutely right. Still this cracking battle on the Grand Prix circuit at the moment as the top two in TCR head into the first hairpin cutout on the Grand Prix circuit surprise you not at all to know that these guys could go to the end Diego Pinto started the Sim RC TCR car gave it over to Jürgen Frank who did a double and now he's handed it to Felix right on the limit of that little four cylinder Audi screaming away as they head up the hill the modelling of the engine noise in all of these cars and the transmission noise absolutely outstanding First I tell you that's been one of the many many revelations to me John I can take I can understand the visual excellence but it's all the other extraneous factors as we know anybody who's only watched motor racing on the TV when you go to a circuit the visceral element it's so important the totally sound agree. in motor racing that's where it really comes into its own so the fact they've got it so 
stupendously good. Uh, well done, the VCO on this in this uh, event is is really a feather in their cap, as far as I'm concerned. Hudson back for this lead battle in TCR. Tip the curbs. You can hear. Not too much though. A little mistake maybe by the leader. Sim RC car. Which is just back ahead for the moment on the pit stop cycle. Where did the court car make up a little bit of time? Yes, it did. Just a wee bit and it's dragging up the hill. The 476 getting bigger to its driver. Up the inside at the top of the hill over the brow. That would be very brave indeed. And discretion is the better part of Valor is there. Come through Schwedenkreutzen into Arenberg at the top of the Foxhall, grounding out the bottom of the chassis as they head down through the Foxhall. No hint of a lift there and changing up the top gear, gathering speed on the downhill. You bottom out of the bottom of the hill, then up the hill. Little dab of the brakes, down change one, down change two, one more down change to come. There it is. Balance the car, front wheel drive. Oh, but a dab of on and off the power there. And a short shift from the second place core car. Just trying to keep the car balanced in the weight transfer by using the throttle. This John, this battle at the front of TCR is fantastic. It could, though, be any lap of the race. This is what we've come to expect in this class between those two crews. But while this is happening, Alexander Voss, we've got to within 3.9 seconds of the race lead. I thought the Williams Audi uh, could just cruise it to the end of this race. Not the case. Unless BS competition needs one more pit stop. Don't forget they stopped out of sync, did they not, after that early damage when Philip Eng was racing. But Alexander Voss, 4.1 seconds now down on Dominic Sky, lapping last time around a second and a bit faster than the race leader so there's action in TCR but there's a very soon going to be even tighter action one would think at the front of the field unless unless that number 189 BF competition uh, BMW does need to make a splash and dash at the end it's going to be tight for Voss it's going to be tight for Voss um, I, I don't know is the answer I really don't know BS competition uh, they may, what have they got on Phil Ellis? They've only got 15 seconds on Phil Ellis in third. Uh, and Spengler's only 27 seconds further back. So to be honest, if they do have to pit, they're going to be off the podium. They might not even be in... They might not even be in the top four. They might drop down to fifth if they do have to piss it, pit again. Voss doesn't seem to be saving fuel at the moment as we keep our eyes on the battle for the lead in TCR. You know the rule, John. Get rid of the fuel. It's only weighing the car down. <laughs> so, last, you know, 18 minutes to go and we're talking about the last two and a half laps, aren't we? It's when you have to recalibrate your mind and how you look at racing when you're on a lap that is so long. Still... Oh, it's just gone back out to 23. 23 laps predicted. That, I think, is curtains for Voss. That's curtains for Voss if it does go to 23. And this prediction, the way the computer works, and this is our software that we use in the real world, it's extremely impressive. 
and actually there are far fewer variables in the sim racing world than there are in the real world because there's no code 60s or yellow flags here on the Nordschleife so I think that's Voss's goose cooked I'm afraid Bruce that'll push Phil Ellis up at the second Spengler's going to get on the podium here and there's a, still a question mark of course over Dominic Steib and the Williams Esport team and whether they've done their full amount of driver changes both drivers have driven but there was a rule and certainly everybody else has abided by that here in this race I've just checked through the top 15 cars and they've all done two driver changes it might be between just two drivers but they've changed drivers over twice and that's not the case of the leading car two out and ins as far as the drivers concerned so yes exactly so John unless there's been some mistake that we haven't understood earlier on but four seconds 4.2 seconds it's now stabilized the gap between first and second but as you say Alexander Voss in the 189 BMW seemingly owes us one more stop and with that swinging back to potentially 23 laps as a race distance rather than 22 it means any chance surely that they could could have made it up without doing that extra stop have been taken away from them but don't forget it swung from 22 to 23 and back again it could yet do that it's so finely balanced and uh, you can imagine for Williams Esports they're almost saying back it off back it off a little bit so we have to do one more lap yeah agreed Esports are fine on fuel no doubt there Dominic Steib can come home he pitted at the end of uh, at the yeah the end of lap 16 the end of lap 14 for Voss so I think he can do 21 possibly 22 he can't do 23 surely and it's dropped back to 22 again that, that's he must be absolutely on the cusp we'll keep an eye on that meantime let's get back to the screaming four-cylinder two-litre battle at the front of TCR two Audis absolutely evenly matched Michael Werner from the organisers. I'll, I'll come to that in a minute. Let's let's go back to what we're seeing here. With the hole in the air being punched by the yellow and black Audi that leads TCR. The core racing car in behind the Sim RC car comes out but just can't get the run. The, I think the problem is they run so close to their rev limiter that you can drag up behind Bruce, but there's actually no more revs to go by the car, even with even with the drafts. Really good point, Don, because I've watched on several occasions where we've been treated to an in-car uh, cockpit shot in the TCR, and you see them hitting the rev limiter time and time again towards the end of the straight. There is n There are no toys left in the cupboard. Yeah. Right, let me go back to this situation at the front of the field. Two driver changes in combination of how many drivers you've got and a max maximum driving time of two hours now I would suggest and, and this is unofficial but our data is normally pretty good uh, I would suggest that they I think they're okay on driving time but I'm not seeing two swaps of drivers Sammy Matney, Sammy Matney, Sammy Matney Three first in seven, six, and I think I said four, didn't I? Three. Three. Yeah. 
seven six and three so that's 16 laps that's going to be pretty close to two hours uh, but what we'll assume that they haven't blown that one as well and then but Dominic's only done one stint again that assumes that Dominic would have had to have done the second stint to make this work and, and I'm, I'm not sure he was in the car at that point unless there's been some kind of waiver given by the organisers that's what we're discussing at the moment let's leave race control to sort that one out as the gap at the front of the field between Dominic and Alexandra Voss has come down to three seconds 2.9 right John here's a thought 2.6 seconds now right Alexander Foss and BS Competition BMW, we're fairly sure, as sure as we can be, has to make one more stop. Maybe Do maybe Williams Esport team is banking on that and they've decided they're going to make one as well and put Sammy Matty Trogan back in to get that second driver change. But that relies on it going to 23 laps as predicted distance. But if those two come in, maybe that could tail it. Oh. That could become 22 laps. This could fall in the lap of Philip Ellis. And, uh, uh, I, think, I think Ellis is in a great situation. Ellis started the race, did six laps, handed over to Jack Sedgwick, who did six laps, and then came in, put a new set of tyres on, did six more laps, Jack, and then handed over uh, some, what, uh, two laps ago to Phil Ellis. So unless they've got their calculations on fuel horribly wrong, Phil... At the moment, Phil Ellis in the Manfield HTP Windward car is right in the driving seat. He's got a great opportunity. Voss, uh, he was last in at the end of lap 14. We're on lap 20 and about to complete lap 21 next time around. And and that would I've not seen anybody do more than seven laps. Uh, Steib is fine. In, on terms of fuel, he got in at the end of lap 16, so he should be okay, uh, assuming uh, he doesn't have to come in to put Sammy Matty in for one lap. Yeah, I can't believe they've forgotten that. I cannot believe no, they've forgotten that. No, I can't either, because how embarrassing would that be? We've got uh, 11 minutes remaining in this race, just under. Alexander Voss knows he has to come in, because we haven't seen anyone go further than seven laps. He'd have to do nine laps if they last pitted on lap 14. And we do go to 23 or eight laps, which no one else has done if we go to 22 laps. So you'd have to say, for him, it's a chance to wave to the pit crew. But uh, for Philip Ellis, who seems with the HTP, man filter HTP motorsport Mercedes, seems to have got this just spot on. In terms of pure speed, Dominic Stibe, Williams Esports, and his teammate Sammy Matatrogan should have got the job done. But unless there's something we don't understand, which is eminently possible, but I'm not sure oh, in this okay. case. They have to come in. Uh, and, and and it's the same with the Eng Voss car. Phil, uh, that's the, I forgot to mention that. Um, Phil did a stint in a bit, and then Alexander Voss did a seven, and he'll do another seven. So Phil needs to get in to finish that car off. So that car does have to stop, and surely Phil Ellis will take it over again. Uh, sorry, not Phil Ellis. Uh, Phil, Philip Eng. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that was we knew he was going to have to do a stop. Annoyingly for them, there has to be a driver's change within it, and I believe the car's in now. Yes, just gone into the pit lane. Which, the which one was that? BMW from second place. Right. Well, that's that's as much on fuel as anything else. Um, and what have we got left in terms of the... Well, still predicting. Through goes Dominic Stibes, gone through. 
Phil Ellis has gone through in second. Philip Eng is back in the BS competition and he's come out in third ahead of Bruno Spengler. That must have been... Well, I wonder if they didn't even put any fuel in there. So if they didn't... Of course, if you don't put fuel in, then you don't have to put tyres on. So they've done a super quick stop at the end to get Philip Ellis back... Uh, to get Philip Eng, sorry, back in there. So it's Steib from Ellis, from Spengler, from Philip Eng. And that's your top four. Christian Cronius should be the next through. There he goes. And he's just passed Philip Eng as well, who is rolling again, though. But Ellis just... Uh, sorry, Eng. I'm getting the Engs and the Ellis's mixed up. Philip Eng has dropped down to fifth position, I reckon, now. So, he has. He's, yeah, four and a bit seconds down on Christian Cronje. So, uh, he, in fact, is the third-place BMW in the race, holding third in the hands of Bruno Spengler, fourth in the hands of Christian Cronje for Valkenhorst and Philip Eng back out in fifth. And at the moment, we've got three different manufacturers in the top three. Whew. At the end of this race, we'll have some wrap-up for you and hopefully a few interviews over on RS3 at 3 o'clock. It's the Football Rewind. Declan Brennan goes back to the golden age of soccer when hair was longer, shorts were shorter and fashion sense, well, there was none. And with the benefit of hindsight, he'll be looking back at the championship playoff game between Charlton Athletic and Sunderland FC at Wembley. One of the best games of football you've ever seen. Uh, that is at three o'clock over on RS3 in audio. Uh, I, I, I don't know is the answer. What are they going to do for Williams Esports? The fact that Ellis jumped in, they must have put a... What? <laughs> What was the pit stop time for Ellis last time around? Because they had to put fuel in. There's no way they could have done the lap without putting fuel in. That was Milang, a, that Philip was a... Eng, or PEs, it's the other one you're talking about. BS competition. Yeah. Philip Ellis is in the man. But, but Actually, I'm glad you mentioned Ellis there, John, because he's just taken, oh. between friends, 2.8 seconds out of the race leader. Now 19 seconds down on Dominic Sky, but does the Williams Sport Audi need to come in to make that second driver change? slower lap time 7 minutes 57 from a car the Williams Sport Audi that could normally lap in 7.54, 7.55s for a laugh so are they trying to, hold on, let's think about what they're trying to do to the clock John are they trying to knock it back so they finish after 22 laps, are they going to try and uh, force the clock, what's your clock saying on the countdown we've got 6 Just minutes remaining six minutes. Just but how much in minutes. terms of predicted laps, are we going to 22 or 23 uh, uh, it's sitting at the moment. I will refresh so that it's 22. So this, yeah, this that's is, what I was thinking. Yeah, if they can drop their pace just a little bit, we know we're on the cusp. If they can make sure it ends after 22 laps, but then that still leaves the issue of the second driver change. I, they I must know something. I don't think they've got a, a panic as far as fuel's concerned for Stam. They're fine, but but they haven't done, and you can't do. It's after the chequered flag. They're, they're, they're qualified far enough up the field that they would cross the line in the pit lane if time has run out. So they've got to get across the start-finish line before zero. Because if the clock expires on this lap, this will become the last lap. 
you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've adjusted my clocks accordingly. Um, so just remember, the gap now, Dominic Steib in the Williams eSport Audi, 18.3 seconds clear of Philip Ellis in the Manfilter Team HCP Mercedes. And last time around, there was a near three-second gap between them. So in terms of the increment closing, Philip Ellis hasn't got enough up his sleeve, however hard he presses, whether it's 22 laps in this race or 23. But uh, certainly four and a half minutes remaining. Dominic Steib leading. It's not coming down a great deal. It is coming down a tiny bit. What isn't coming down, is, though, is the gap between the TCR runners. They're still nose to tail. Felix Ludig still holding off Marius Golenbeck. 0.3 of a second. One slip up from either of these. And their race is going to be compromised. And we just adore the TCR class. Always so entertaining. Always so super close. But Felix Ludig, he's not just quick. He's very, very good at defending. Let's see if he can make it last to the finish. I, I, I mean, I'm astounded at how this Sim TCR, Sim I see TCR Court Sim Racing battle has been going. Gone back and gone back and finished leading. So it's Sim RC leading it at the moment as they head out onto the Nordschleifer. Uh, checking that there's no issue with those guys in terms of their stints I don't think there are no uh, they've both been in for a relatively short amount uh, of time so I, I just can't believe that Williams Esports would have got this wrong at the head of the field uh, but but No, you certainly think not. You might say their their mind could have been drawn by obviously the news that uh, broke was it yesterday morning indeed. Yes, that the Williams team, the Formula One team, potentially up for sale after a uh, 13 million pound loss last year. But uh, though Williams is very very close to its esports team, one feels they they run as separate entities. But uh, one under the wing of the other. But uh, right now, 17.7 seconds is the gap between first and second. Philip Ellis, he might be doing this in vain, but he's pressing on really hard. But Dominic Stein lapping again comfortably 7 minutes 57 7 minutes 57 has he done enough it looks so he has Philip Eng setting some cracking lap times as he's 2.2 uh, seconds down on Christian Cronier's the BS competition BMW catching the walking horse car and the best of BMWs in third place is another 13 seconds up the track but Eng is absolutely flying Gareth Evans should be on holiday this week his wife Sarah on the first day of a week of staycation trying to make the best of it Gareth thanks for tuning in make sure you spend plenty of time uh, with Sarah this week looks like you're going to have some nice weather for it here in the UK another cracking hot sunshiny start to a month uh, we already smashed the sun sunshine hours record for May the, first, the best since records began was about 500 and up until yesterday it was over 570 hours of sunshine and uh, we've still got today as well of course Philip Ellis comes through so did Steib go through to start the 22nd lap and final lap yes he did so they have not done the pit stop. Ellis goes through in second. Stibe is on the Grand Prix circuit. Well, and, and now we're getting the news. Laps, we're getting the news. The Williams Esport will be disqualified after the race 
for driver share infringement. So we were right and they have got it wrong. So the, the first car on the road taken out of the conversation. It's a massive slip up for Williams Esports, Sammy Matty Trogan, and that means that the Man Filter Team HTP team, the number 48 of uh, Phil Ellis, who is bringing the car home, and Jack Sedgwick, who did the middle stint, is now officially leading the race. Not on the timing screen. We ha we've had the word from race control. They've checked the same information that we have. I was reluctant to be sure about it, just in case we'd had a glitch in our system. But I've got to tell you, our software is seldom wrong. And so the last lap starts. Now, what was interesting to me, as time elapses now, well, I was, I was wondering if BS could have controlled the race from second, but they would have still had to go on to the extra lap. So it's Manfilter Team HTP Winward from Team BMW Bank from Falcon Horse Motorsport. So still three different manufacturers. I know that's two BMWs, isn't it? And then BS are in fourth, then Falcon Horse, then Race Union, then E-Team e WRT, then Phoenix, then Phoenix. And it looks like Vodafone Team Getspeed, who had that disconnect and loss of 1 minute 45, are going to be in the top 10 by the end of this as Fabian Schiller can bring that car home. Controversy. Well, no, I was going to say controversy. It's not controversy. It's just shock for me. Well, it is. But, you know, John, they might have misunderstood the rules, but there's nothing new in the two driver changes. I'm beginning to wonder if the point in the race, they decided Sammy Matty Trogan was going to do the first half or thereabouts and Dominic Stive. What happens at that point if Dominic Stive suddenly has a glitch, can't connect? You put yeah. Sammy Matty Trogan back in. But at that point, they still knew they had to come in and take the make the second driver change yes it would cost them the lead of the race but uh, they could have probably done it and come back out and finished second but now they're going to end up uh, as you suggested John potentially disqualified which in my reckoning is zero points Correct. for their championship challenge as opposed to the points for second or third confirmed from race control it is a disqualification not a demotion or a time penalty D-I-S-Q not D-I-S-C-O D-I-S-Q-O uh, as far as they're concerned so it's going to be a maiden victory then for Team HTP and Philip Ellis can keep it on the island and he's got traffic to lap as well. What a run it's been from he and Jack Sedgwick did it, the middle ground. Absolutely brilliant stuff from them. Well, they've never been on the podium, John. Fourth, fifth, fifth, now first in the last four rounds. So impressive up, up swing in their performance and they've run this very well indeed. Yes, you could say it should have been a second place, but rules are rules because in terms of outright pace, Williams Esport has it. And the fact is after three hours or next closest thing, they're 18 seconds clear. That shows their overall pace, but without that second driver change, that whole, changes the whole complexion. Now, what... oh, by the way, new fastest lap of the race, Alex Arana. Well, he's only 18th in class for the Marla Racing Team. So it's a conservation uh, element shows the drivers are proud they'll press on regardless but they were removed from proceedings by the bs competition bmw at the end of lap two and they've 
never been able to come back. They had to have extra pit stops to have the, the damage of which there was a whole lot uh, sorted out and there was no chance they could come back from there. But they've driven very well ever since. It's an extraordinary thing for those guys who are at the front of the field. Uh, Bruno Spengler is going to get another podium with his team 107. The team BMW bank uh, entry for Bruno and Neil and his car. Did Kai Kishuba get in the car today, uh, Bruce? I... Not that I've seen, John. No, I didn't see that either. Uh, I'll have a quick look down. No, he didn't. It was Bruno to Nils to Nils to Bruno, so they're okay. I'm now, of course, checking uh, everybody and making sure that, that there's no other issues. Valkenhorst. Uh, have done Pittard to Michaels to Michaels to Michaels. However, there was a Scott, two Scots and a Sam in there, so that's all right. The TCRs then are starting their final lap by dint of being well behind the leaders. We've still got a full lap of TCR action, so we'll be watching that after the leaders have come through. Remember, Dominic Stipe still scored in the lead, but the driver time error the driver mix are uh, not sure whether they went over two hours as well it must have been close to be honest with how much Sammy Matty did at the beginning so you pays your money it you takes your choice there they may have bust out on a couple there it could be time but certainly they've not done the two driver changes well what an eventful race what an eventful race. Martin Asher with 7.6 seconds of a lead on Claudius Veed now with Keanu Buchmann in third. So that's Asher, SimRC and German Sim Racing first, second and third in the 911 Cup class for the 718 Club Sports. It's Zorg Red Sport in second. Core Sim Racing lead at Matti Sipola. The 303 from Christian Bug and Zorg Red Sport 333. And the 397 from Team RSO, Manuel Viable. And in TCR, Felix Luding still with just two tenths of a second between himself. We've been keeping a weather eye on that. And Marius Golombek, Marcus T in third, is 15 seconds further back. And he's only got three seconds on Lucas Muller as they've just started their final lap. We may yet have another change for position because Philip Eng, BS Competition BMW, is all over the tail of Christian Cronias. It's Walken Horse ahead That's of BS third. Competition, fighting for the final position yeah. on the podium, yes. effectively. Good point. That is for overall third position with, with, as we know now, Dominic Steib, who's on the Dottiger Hur, broken the driver regulations. And what... And, you know, even if they'd done a quick stop, they had fuel. They didn't have to put tyres on. They, they might have steam, still been on the podium. Checkered flag is out as time has elapsed. And on the road, Williams Esports come across flashing. Dominic Stive doesn't know. Dominic Stive does not know. He's quit straight out, so maybe he has been told. So it is going to be the maiden victory for Jack Sedgwick who did the middle stint and bringing it home after starting and qualifying Philip Ellis wins for Man Filter Team HTP Winwood and AMG take the victory in round five 
the Marla three hours here at the Nürburgring Langstrecken Series, powered by VCO. And side by side on the run to the Teagarten for the final podium position, Christian Cronjes has Philip Eng almost in the car with him. The two Z4s getting very squirrely indeed. Eng tries to get the power down, pushing on, but it's going to be Valkenhorst who takes fourth position. Spengler's already gone through. As close as you like, he swings out across the line, gets a bit of an overlap, but just doesn't make it. 0.3 of a second between third and fourth position and the uh, the uh, timing has already been uh, amended so Steib now shown in P1 with the Sammy Marty Trogan car and Steib rather taken out of the results so the, the margin of victory 15 seconds between Williams Esports and Manfield, the team HTP Winwood, Team BMW Bank in in third position ahead of Christian Cronjes and... Uh, sorry, uh, Manfield are winning from Team BMW Bank in second, Valkenhorst in third and BS Competition in fourth. And still the TCRs continue to battle. They've got about half a lap to go. They're down at the bridge at Adnat. Heading up now, starting that long climb that ends up... Oh, and the leaders had a huge moment there, running right over the kerb as they came out of the bridge section. Now, has Luding lost so much that it's going to give an opportunity? Through the right-hander at the bottom of the hill. And now, Gollenbeck. This is an opportunity. These cars produce a lot of downforce very aero dependent and you can start to move the car around he's got the draft Gollenbeck looks one way looks the other goes to the left goes to the right now running up the hill trying to get an advantage we've seen two TCR cars side by side here at various points of the race leader has finished we've got the winners in Porsche Cup as well that's going to be Asher Racing from Sim RC from German Sim Racing and in the GT4 class, it looks like Corsim Racing have come across the line as well, but TCR very much still up for grabs as they head up to the carousel for the final time. Well, we promised you three hours of excitement in this Marlet Dreistunden, and we're over-delivering here. We're in the overtime, and when you and Johnny do these races for real, Bruce Jones, this is exactly what we've been used to seeing. It absolutely is. And, uh, you know, this this could be lap two of the race. It, it's as it happens, it's like 22, 23, 22 for them at the moment. But it's so super close. What we've seen the last few laps, each of them have made mistakes. It must be said, fewer mistakes by the lead driver, Felix Luding. But Marius Gollenbeck is throwing everything at him. He's got, what, a third of the lap remaining. Can he crack this? This is a very hard nut to crack because Felix Luding for Sim, Sim RC is just a man on top of his game. Still a third of the lap to go, and there's a couple of paces that you would see between here and the chequered flag are prime overtaking manoeuvres down at Brunch and probably not one of them, that's where they are now. Yes, you don't put your hand up at the start of the day, you say, you know what, I'll probably make a passing move at Brunchen. 
particularly when these drivers are right on the ragged, ragged edge. But the important thing is Luding is keeping very tidy lines. He's made a couple of mistakes recently, but for every mistake he makes, Gollenbeck has made two in his anxiety to get past. But Gollenbeck is so dogged sitting in behind there. Over the top of the rise. And into the fastest middle part of the circuit. Again, all about momentum, starting to build speed towards the Flans Garden. And down in towards the last quarter of the lap. There's possibly a little chance as they come down in the braking area for the Swallow's Tail, but no. Can't be done. Now into the Kleiner Carousel. So it's going to be the run down the Dottinger Hall. Oh, huge air from the leading TCR car. Felix Luding kicking the left rear wheel high off the ground as he was spat out of the Kleiner Carousel. Possibly a little earlier, but he was getting the power on so early. It's not quite. Oh, and a little tap of the brake there, right in the middle of the Gallows Hill corner. And that forced a lift up from Marius Gollenbach as well. And Gollenbeck now with the opportunity to drag up. He will drag up. There's no doubt in my mind that he will. But has he Lude, got revs? Luding played a few little tricks there into, into the final carousel. He actually breaks a bit earlier than normal. Then he almost accelerated through the corner. And that certainly caught out. And as you said, coming out onto Dossinger, he took a different tactic. But the pull is enormous. The toe is massive. Is it going to be a final change on the last lap? Let's see. Side by side, and we've not seen them side by side through Bilstein down into the dip. And the Audi on the right hand side may just have the advantage as they come in core. This is the last lap, there's three corners to go, and they're still side by side all the way through the tear garden. Once, twice they touch, but cause in the lead. And now it's the dash to the line. And can the yellow and black car get back around? I don't think so. Magnificent stuff. He pulls out of the slipstream. He's got a bit of an overlap, but it's Core. Core that takes it right at the death. Magnificent stuff from Gollenbeck. Gollenbeck absolutely timed that perfectly to be able to get around the leader we'd seen so many times that you could drag up to them but not get by swung to the right hand side after well through the Bilstein kink there and then tufted out there was a couple of little touches but nothing I think that will be looked at Bruce that was good hard fair racing and the core car was in the right position when it counted yeah, they, they really sort of respected each other. Yes, they clashed, but Gollenbeck had a better run up the straight and again used that TCR toe, I think, right at the end that uh, we saw Luding hanging on. I talked about him being smooth, but uh, that was a fantastic fighting. Well, that means we can wrap up the results for you in a second or two. We're going to try and get some drivers for you as well with the controversy that's going on our German colleagues talking to some of the drivers uh, first of all and I'll just wait to see them pop up into our waiting room confirmation by the way at the head of the field two driver changes in combination with a maximum driver time of two hours and that was what was broken by the leading Williams eSports car Asher Racing, Marsh, Martin Asher bookended the run to the win for the Porsche Cup 2 class and the black AR car then holding sway 
over the Sim RC Cup 2 car, the yellow and black car, with also the Asher Racing logo on the side, I noticed. And Sim, German Sim Racing in third position. Now here's the run to the line for the 718s. Uh, I just see Jack Sedgwick in there. Let's uh, get him in and say hello to Jack Sedgwick. Jack, stand by just a second. We're just going to bring the uh, 718 Club Sport winner across the line and give them their due uh, recompense as Matty Sipola comes across for Sim Racing 2 and wins the Club Sport GT4 uh, category for Court Sim Racing. Jack Sedgwick, congratulations. Uh, the best ever finish for the HTP Winwood team, the Manfilter HTP Winwood team, and it's a victory for you and your teammate. Well done. Yeah, thanks. It's, I can't really put it into words. My heart's pounding. Uh, did, were you aware of what was going on at the front of the field when when Phil was doing his his last stint? We we sort of picked up on it, but we weren't sure whether we had the right numbers on the timing. Um, and were you able to tell Phil that, or did you just leave him to his own devices? Uh, yeah, we had an idea. We weren't too sure on the driving time, but with the driver swap, we were pretty sure. I think they bust out um, on both, to be honest. I think they probably went over two hours. I haven't actually looked down to the minute yet, but certainly there was only one driver change. So, And did you tell yeah. Phil then? Uh, yeah, we kept him up to date. Um, obviously kept him pushing, just in case. Uh, but come the last lap, when it was pretty certain that they would be disqualified, we just cruised to the end then, really. And that was uh, a great run. Um, lap stints here a little bit shorter than we've seen before um i know that there were some fuel changes for some of the classes did the gt3s get a fuel uh, change as well or was, or was that just down to the tire life uh I, I don't think we got a fuel change for this race but right, it was okay. mainly down to the tire life yeah you guys were doing um, sixes and sevens and we have seen eights before from the gt3s yeah and we only did sixes today because for us that seventh lap is pretty slow right well, it paid off. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. It worked out. Absolutely uh, paid off. Uh, wish you all the best, Jack, and give our best to, to Phil as well. That was a cracking stint from both of you. You work really well together, and we'll see you in the next one. Yep, cheers, and thanks for everything you've done for this series. It's oh, been amazing. It's been an absolute pleasure, but uh, thanks for, for mentioning it. The whole team have really enjoyed this. Thanks, Jack Sedgwick. It's a win for Manfilter Team HTP Winwood, Fantastic stuff uh, from them. And uh, just a confirmation, SP9 then. First, Manfilter. Second, BMW Bank. Third, Valkenhorst Motorsport. Uh, in the TCR category, uh, in the Cup 2 category rather, Asher Racing from SimRC, from German Sim Racing. Only 30 seconds between the podium finishes there, which was just great uh, as well and we can actually speak to one of the GT4 drivers uh, the Porsche GT4 drivers as well in uh, just a second in Cup 3 Court Sim Racing win it Matty Sippler brought it to the line his teammate has joined us in the booth Patrick Kabinji Patrick uh, congratulations uh, excuse me, uh, it's not Patrick at all, it's Sindre Setsas. I'm looking at the wrong part of my screen. Sorry uh, about that, Sindre. Congratulations, another great run for you guys. 
Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, it was a good race. Uh, Carl put it on pole. He he messed up his first lap. Uh, track temp got a bit hotter. Um, so I don't think we sh- probably should have had pole with the conditions we had. Uh, but Carl pulled out a mega lap to put us on pole. Uh, and we never really looked back from then. We uh, yeah did everything perfectly today. And... Even accounting for the extra lap, which we got in the end there, with Williams getting DQ'd over the line, which was kind of unexpected. We thought we won it, but uh, yeah, one more lap and it was fine for Matty because we had the fuel to do it. So it was good. Uh, and uh, I think I think we've got Carl in here as well. We've talked about your qualifying uh, before, Carl. Uh, it's so important to be at the sharp end of the field in those early laps, isn't it? Uh, yeah, for sure. It just, it just helps out with getting away a bit and getting getting into the track a bit more. Um, and also, like you saw in the uh, opening lap on the, of the GT4 field, there was a, there was a crash in turn one. And you know, if you're first, then you pretty much have the min- or the smallest risk of getting into a crash. Uh, and in terms of how the race panned out, Sindra, I mean, were you just basically trying to keep that speed up and and keep the consistency yeah that was the target uh, we had the gap of uh, i think it was around 15 seconds when i was driving and it was more a case of trying to manage that rather than trying to extend it because extending it would mean more risk and it just minimizing risk was kind of the priority from like lap eight onwards so yeah, it, it was good that Carl did the start he did because it allowed us, uh, both me and Matty, to take less risk and bring it over the line in first. Well, Matty's joined us as well now, hot foot from bringing the car home in that final stint. It all looks super calm, Matty, when we're watching, but you guys, the pressure's on when you're at the front of the field and, uh, you know, you've, in, in some respects, have got the most pressure. Your two teammates have done their bit and you don't want to let them down as much as you don't want to let yourself down. Hi, Matty. Yeah, yeah. There was some internet connection issues, I think. I couldn't hear everything. Uh, how was that last stint for you? A lot of pressure on you uh, taking over in the lead. Yeah, it was just all about taking it home and uh, keep some pace up so I wouldn't do any silly mistakes. Uh, how was the how was the tyre wear today? We normally see um, that you know you can push pretty well all the way through the stint. A little bit le- bit less fuel today meant your your stints were a bit shorter. Probably just as well with the high temperatures. Yeah, I, I, I did the longest uh, stint on tyres and I think we we still had about 70% left after nine laps. So few, the tyres weren't an issue today and not, not for us at least. I think the GT3 cars have it a bit worse with tyres. Well, another fabulous run for you guys in the 303. Carl, Matty, Sindra, thanks for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, fellas. Yeah, thanks the same. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Great to have the guys uh, with us. Just checking whilst I was doing those interviews. I, I think, sadly, uh, for our culinary delights, Bruce, another car that's fallen found of the two driver changes is the Schnitzelam Racing uh, AMG GT3 uh, in 11th position. I'm, I'm looking at that now, and, and I've only got one 
driver stop. And I, I've also got a feeling that uh, they went over, uh, Marcel Markovic went over the two hours uh, as well. So I think they're going to lose that 11th position. Uh, an extraordinary run to the line and the victory finally for an AMG GT3. I don't think we've even had an AMG on the podium this season so far, have we? Uh, I might have to do some quick uh, quick maths on that one. No, fourths and fifths, by and large, have been their sort of uh, area of expertise. Uh, no, and in fact, take the HTP Winwood car. It's had uh, round two, fourth place, then fifth, fifth, and now first. So, yeah, definitely a uh, big, big setup. And I thought Jack Sedwick was very, very modest there. You know, he sort of really downplayed his role, very quietly spoken. But uh, between them, they really put in some fantastic laps there. But one does wonder at what point that information came through. They might have had their hunch, but like us, they were busy doing their racing and you don't always have time to go chasing the story. But uh, yeah, great to have the mix of cars. And as you said, we ended up with uh, Mercedes, BMW, BMW, but for the problem, it would have been Audi, Mercedes, BMW. So again, the variety at the front of the field is exactly what we'd want, John. Uh, And it worked so well for them, a, 50, a 45 second gap in the end between uh, them and the team BMW bank uh, entry. The 107 car, Bruno Spenger and Niels Kosh, no Kai Kishuba in that car today. And, and they've been, I mean, so consistent across uh, the season in terms of their finishing. Another podium for the 107 car. And sometimes they've carved out those finishes from slightly more lowly starting positions. Yes, I mean, what we tend to have had so far this year, John, is a couple of cars really seemingly on the pace at the front and then those behind and you can shuffle the rest of the pack. There's a batch normally from about third place down to sixth. It could go any way. And as long as you're in that mix, uh, all is fine. But uh, don't forget, we already had clashes on the opening lap of the race. We had uh, one of the walking horse cars being sent off for a spin. So, you know, trouble can strike at absolutely any moment in this. But I must say that the the lack of... uh, Contact between the cars is, is a tribute to all, all concerned, because as we said, particularly for those that uh, aren't regular sim racers, the hardest thing is racing side by side. Mm. And uh, though we did have some incidents, it was, uh, you know, remarkably well controlled yet again. I, I, I just wonder what the the thoughts of Augustin Canapino and uh, Alex Arena is, because they certainly had the pace again. Canapino put a fantastic qualifying lap in, and then that incident so early on, which effectively took them out of the running, not of their making, we should say. Uh, and that's going to really stir the championship up a little bit. Uh, yes, it will, but they were sitting on a tidy lead. Of course... Uh, like the VLN or the NLS, as we call it, the point system is very strange because listen to this. They led with a total of 36, no, I haven't finished yet, 36.78 points to lead the championship, 26.07 for Team Hoisinkvelt. They didn't score well today, so uh, the Marla Racing Team ought to still be at the top of the pile. But uh, for Alex Arana, who actually, I just noticed, set the fastest lap of the race on the final lap, uh, they're still leading the championship, but they could have been stretching clear. They would have been good for... Possible win today, certainly a podium. And that was taken away from with all the damage at the end of lap two. Really unfortunate for them. Thanks very much to Bruce Jones as the fifth round of the DNLS powered by VCO. The Marla three-hour race decided on a disqualification. Driver time 
and driving infringement uh, on the driver swaps uh, has taken the race away from the car that went across the line first. Team Williams Esports will be disappointed that they've made that mistake. But for every cloud, dark cloud, there is a silver lining. And this week, the silver lining is for Manfilters HTP Winwood Racing, who have the first victory for them and for an AMG GT3 this season. Bruce Jones and John Hindhoff were the voices. Tim Gray in London. Thanks to Connery and the rest of the production team, particularly Michael and Nico. We'll be doing it again later on in the season as it's beginning to hot up at the top of the DNLS Championship powered by VCO. Bye-bye. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.